Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet Earth, the John Gabby Show. Coming from right here on my YouTube channel, I am, of course, your host. John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV shows, streaming, shows in their non-proper aspect ratio, and all sorts (laughs) of things like that, little thing we were discussing before the show started. And I'm not alone here today, sitting over here, back after his big move yesterday... Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today? John, it's great to be back here. You know why? Because if you're a Star Trek fan, everyone knows that April 5th is First Contact Day. That's the day the Vulcans land on Earth, and we meet our first extraterrestrial visitors face-to-face, as depicted in 1996 of Star Trek First Contact. I, there's so many things about that statement that bore me. <laughs> I fell asleep already. <laughs> you know what? This whole day today is all about crushing my spirit. I can tell. In here, something's happening before the show started. Anyway, also joining us over here, one of the crushers of spirit, the one and the only Ray Ora joining you guys in the live chat today. Ray, how are you doing today? Hey, I discovered yesterday that Tubi could turn a two-hour movie into a three-hour movie. <laughs> That's what Tubi. Three can do. ads, back to back to back to back. <laughs> And see, Ray does not like the ad. Sitting beside him, <laughs> showing up apparently in her sweet new ride. Yeah. Chris Carr is here today. Chris, Yay. how you doing? I'm good. Rob, I'm not going to yuck your yum. I love how excited you are. I'm so glad you had such a good Star Trekky day and everything. Oh, adorable. I, I'm kidding. It was the geekiest day I've had since, well, every day is geeky, but this was yeah. supremely geeky. By the way, John, your favorite movie, your soon-to-be favorite movie. Oh. The 4K Director's Edition of Star Trek The Motion Picture is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I, I have a hard on right now. It's it's crazy how excited I am. Why do that. I not believe you? I know. <laughs> anyway, you don't think that's his hard All I can is? think about. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get anyway. anyway. Hey, guys, we've got an announcement to make uh, that, I, that I'm kind of excited about. I mean, it's, it's not the biggest deal in the world, but I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm pretty excited about this. Um, you guys who follow the channel, you might know that um, a back a few months ago, back in January, I shared a video on YouTube. You know, we were going around and, and maybe looking at the opportunity of maybe ac- us actually getting a real office and studio. Uh, not that my converted garage isn't glorious in many different ways. Uh, but I thought we, you know, let's look at some places. And I shared video on on the YouTube channel of one of the places we looked at. Well, uh, as I told our channel members yesterday, and hello, channel members. Thank you for being channel members, guys. Um, we did it. <gasps> we signed the lease. Uh, we are going to be moving out of uh, the, the cave here, uh, out of the John Cave, and out of the converted garage. And we are going to be moving into actual studio space um, with offices and everything and all that kind of stuff. And we're going to do that in May. May We're going to actually start moving stuff over there. Fact Checker Jonathan will start moving stuff over there at like April 1st or April 15th, I should say. He's going to start taking some stuff over there. We'll continue to do shows from here for the rest of April. And then in the first week of May, we'll, we'll be in some new digs. And uh, and oh yeah, like fact checker Jonathan's back on staff full time. He's he's joining us again, and we're gonna be making have some new more announcements to make in the near future. But very excited, um, terrified to death 
uh, about this new kind of expansion and venture. But a big thank you to all of you guys, uh, not only for making it possible by being here and supporting our show, uh, but also for all the encouragement you guys gave when I was first started to share that we were looking at maybe some new space and whatever. And you guys have been great about that. So thank you so much for that. And uh, I will share more information on that uh, when there's more to share. John, can we call it Starfleet Headquarters? Uh, no. Hey, hey but, bud, remember how before I was saying I supported you? <laughs> we got we got to just reel it in a little. We got a big sign put in the front door, Starfleet Headquarters. John has told me, John has told me before, like the only trouble I get into on the show is when I talk about Star Trek. <laughs> Have I said that? Yeah, you said you remember? You said, "Rob, can there can a day go by?" <laughs> yeah, well, I remember. Because I heard and today was no exception. Every day. Every day. <laughs> Before the show starts, we get in here, we do our camera checks, light checks, and every day as we're doing all that, I know that as I'm getting everything ready on the screens, Rob is going to be complaining to either Ray or Chris or both, whoever's here at that time, about something involving Star Trek. And today was no exception. But no, we won't be naming the new office Starfleet Headquarters. Okay. It's not the worst idea in the world. I'll give you that. God, can it be the United Federation of Planets? No, it would also not be okay. that. Uh, anyway, guys... <laughs> It's good to have you here. We've got a packed show for you here today, and here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break the show up into two parts. In the first part of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics that we have. Then in the second part of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. How do you get a live comment or question on? It's easy. Simply use the Super Chat feature in the YouTube live chat that I am turning on right now now so it is now turned on we will only keep that open until it is full up of the amount of questions get sent in so you've probably got five or ten minutes to get into comment or question we hope you guys will fire that in also don't forget guys if you're watching the show during any of the other 22 hours during the day and you'd like to get a question for me or rob or sometimes both of us we do a show called mailbag three times a week we put one up yesterday and you can get a question on mailbag for us to answer by simply going down into the description of this video and clicking on the tip link or entering manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your comment or question read on mailbag if we deem your comment or question appropriate to be used on our show. And of course, you'll be supporting our channel at the same time and all of us involved with the show. Thank you guys so much for your support. Okay, guys, with that down, let's get into an off the top here, shall we? And the first off the top and only one today is this. Now, we know one of the biggest pieces of news in entertainment is the upcoming takeover of Warner Media by Discovery. A phrase that still doesn't sound right. No. <laughs> it still feels like you're sure that's not the other way around. No, Discovery is taking over Warner Media, and this has been coming for some time. Not and the Starship. No, no, not the Starship Discovery, but rather Discovery as in Discovery Plus, the Food Network, HGTV, all that stuff, all under the umbrella of Discovery. They are taking over Warner Media, and it looks like the finalization of that is going to be April 11th. So it's coming up wow. in like a week. That's my mom's birthday. Well, happy Aww. birthday here, Mom. It's so nice she gets these networks. Yeah. I, I know, right? I mean, <laughs> a, I'm going to call her up and ask for a job. There you go. <laughs> Let's get us on the... Uh... And here's the thing, though. It was been expected that as a part of this takeover, that the CEO of Warner Media, Jason Kalar, would probably not be keeping his job. Uh, there is room but one ass on the throne, and that ass belongs to David Zatzlav of Discovery, and he is going to be the Grand Imperial Poobah over there. So we've been expecting that. But today, ahead of that merger, 
has come news in the announcement that Jason Kalar is out. He uh, he sent out his uh, letter of resignation. He sent it out to all the staff of Warner Media and all that kind of stuff. Now, Jason Kalar has a really interesting background with social media stuff. I believe he was one of the co-founders of Hulu, which Hulu is one of my favorite streaming services. So, Damn. I mean, thank you, Jason Kalar, for that. However, and maybe unfortunately, what Kalar will probably be most remembered remembered for, at least in the immediate upcoming future, who knows how we'll look back on him five years, ten years down the line with his you know short reign at Warner Media, but at least for the next few years, I think when probably people talk about his stewardship of Warner Media, it'll probably all come back down to the decision that in 2021 he almost tanked the entire company by making the decision to take all of Warner Brothers movies in 2021 and put them straight onto streaming on HBO Max in what can only be described as a desperate attempt at relevancy in trying to get HBO Max into the discussion and things like that. It backfired horribly. They didn't get the the new addition of subscribers that they thought they would get. I mean, they definitely added new subscribers, but it wasn't much different than the growth trajectory they already had. They lost tens of millions, not hundreds of millions of dollars in potential box office revenue. And pissed off a lot of HBO's partners, artists, creators, filmmakers, business associates, financers. I mean, they just pissed everybody off. Like if there was an Olympic event that said, piss off as many people in one moment, go, Jason Kalar and HBO and WB in that circumstance would have won the gold medal. It got the normally completely docile Denis Villeneuve <laughs> to write an absolute assassination piece. That was published in Variety, I believe it was. As Christopher Nolan, I mean, all the filmmakers came out and said, these mothers, you know, they were not happy. But, you know, and it's unfortunate that that's what we're going to think about Jason Kalar in the immediate contest, because he's done a lot of, like, really interesting things in his yeah. career. But still, look, we knew this was coming. He was going to be down. The new sheriffs are taking over here. Rob, you know, we hear about, it's now official. We've been expecting Kalar to step <clears throat> down, but it, it's now official. The head of one of the most prominent historical media companies in history is now stepped down. When you think about his uh, reign over there at Warner Media, what are you going to be thinking about uh, and what can we expect moving forward now? Well, you know, when he first came on, I was kind of excited about it. I mean, it was part of the whole AT&T thing. And it seemed to me that I, AT&T builds the pipelines that deliver all of our goodness that we watch and love. So it made sense to me that AT&T would want to acquire someplace like Warner Brothers because then they would control both ends of the pipeline, what's going into their pipeline and what's coming out of their pipeline. And that made sense. But unfortunately, you know, <laughs> making movies and TV shows and entertainment is really hard, John. And a telecommunications company really is not the best fit, I think. And they found out because, you know, all these executives are like, woo, look what we got. We got a movie studio. Let's make TV and movies. Well, because everyone thinks they can. It's the one business in the world where you could walk up to anybody on the street and go, hey, do you have an idea for a TV show? And everyone would be like, oh, I totally do. Literally so, every Uber driver, <laughs> every driver ever you. has been like, let me give you my pitch. Yeah. I'm like, I have no power. I, I, yeah, and it's, 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 it's that way. It didn't work out. But I think that he's a smart guy. And I think that he will, whatever he does, he'll probably go someplace and it'll be innovative he's not dumb and oh, not by any stretch yeah, he'll probably no he's, he'll, he'll probably do something pretty interesting and innovative i mean i think that there was a confluence of events it wasn't just him doing stupid stuff i think toby emmerich actually was the architect of the day and date deal he just thought it was a good idea <laughs> but i i think now with discovery taking over i mean david zaslav is 
he's very well regarded in the industry. We've talked a lot about how he deals with talent and what he believes in in terms of his philosophy of making shows. Uh, I think it's a very good pick, but I think that I think that Jason Killar will probably wind up doing something. I don't know, pretty good. Maybe he'll go into production. Maybe he'll be an executive somewhere else. But I think he's innovative and interesting and has good ideas. And obviously, you know, he's not some train wreck like other executives we talk about on the show. <laughs> anyway, Chris, you hear about this again, not an unexpected move. We have ever since we heard about the merger, we kind of thought he'd be stepping down. But now that he is, when you look back at his kind of tenure, what are you going to think of and what lies ahead now for Warner Brothers going into the sunset of Discovery? I mean, it's a pretty short tenure, all things considered. Yes, 2020 of April, right? And and what a time to be on board. <laughs> um, goodness gracious. So with that in mind, honestly, like, well done. Because other people who we've seen step in around this same time aren't faring so well. What I really love, too, is the memo that's circulating that he sent to the rest of his staff talking about leaving. And he's just so chuffed with his time there. He's talking about how he felt so creatively fulfilled, how he felt professionally fulfilled. Um, he liked having this kind of direct connection to consumers across the globe and found all of this work really, really gratifying, which is so nice to hear. It's nice to see somebody leave so amicably and filled with that, hey, what I've done here, is done and a, i think it's a very time for the a next class venture. act absolutely absolutely it just is a very very classy exit um <laughs> i love that he drops his twitter too in there he's like if you follow me on twitter uh you can still <laughs> see what i'm up to but i'm really excited to see what he does next i'm more interested though to see what warner brothers does next how is this going to change with the merger and everything what's going to happen what's going on with this little new rise of power yeah i mean see this is uh, you brought up the thing that i'm really most fascinated about because you know, there are legal things that can't happen until they take over. And a lot of people think that the moment they announce that there's going to be a merger, that David Zaslav is already pulling strings. And that's not how it works. Right. Legally, that's not how it works. I mean, it can't work that way. I am dying to see what happens because David Zaslav is a guy who moves fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. Like once he determines certain things are going to happen on one of his networks and one of his shows, they, they happen fairly quick. And I'm going to be interested to know and see like once... April 11th comes around or 12th, whatever it's going to be like, do we hear DCEU canceled? Uh, do we? I mean, I, I mean, I'm just I'm not saying that's actually going to happen. I'm just yeah. saying I'm going to be curious to see how rapid that thing starts. Now, of course, kind of connected DC like Kalar's predecessor, uh, the CEO there. I mean, there's a lot of whispers that the reason his predecessor got fired because he's the one who greenlit Justice League, the HBO Max Justice League, which ultimately they say maybe cost him about 50 million in losses. Or stuff like that. So I don't know. I don't, I doubt for a company the size of Warner Media though that a fifty million dollar loss probably cost the CEO their job. Yeah. yeah. Although it it would be very funny if the first thing that David Zasloff did was he went on Twitter and put hashtag restore the Snyderverse <laughs> and rehires Henry Cavill to play Superman again. Hey, by the way, I just made that shit up. That's not going to happen. Yeah. I just, just I be just, clear. Let me be clear. I just make that up. I would think it's cool, but um, no, I think you're right, John. I think that he's like the Cylons. He has a plan, and he's going to implement that plan. I think it's going to be That's a great Balsar Glatka reference, by the way. Well done. <laughs> uh, he's going to be quick, and he's going to be decisive, and I'll tell you, we've talked about in the past how he has great relationships with talent, and his guiding philosophy is make great entertainment, and I think that that's, you know, that, that kind of thinking is going to bring us, viewers and fans, 
goodness. And shouldn't that be everyone's line of thinking? It's bananas to me that that's not. You know who isn't? You know what? I'm going to keep quiet. All right. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Filters are being used today. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? The guy who's been the boss over at WarnerMedia the last couple of years has resigned, paving the way now. They are clearing the decks for the Discovery Takeover here happening in like a week. What are your guys' thoughts on this right now? Jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. I'm going to go follow him on Twitter right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys. With that down, let's move into our main topics today here, shall we? And how do we select our main topics here on the John Gabe Show? Well, it's rather simple. You see, you guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Chris. What is our first main topic today? This comes from Austin 316. Oh, nice. All right. Good morning, everyone. I think all of us can say we grew up on Harrison Ford movies, but now maybe a new generation might grow up on his TV show. According to Variety, Harrison Ford has joined a new Jason Segel show called Shrinking, where he's going to be playing a therapist. I don't think Ford has ever done a TV show before, has he? Anyway, wanted to know what you guys thought about this and how you think the show sounds. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in. And uh, yeah, Harrison Ford doing a TV show. Now, Harrison Ford has done television. Gunsmoke, the FBI. Uh, he, I mean, these are way back in the day, like way back in the day, before I was born, kind of way back in the day. But I don't know that he's ever been a regular on a TV show. I, I mean, he's done a bunch of guest spots very early in his career, but I don't think he's ever been a regular. I could be incorrect about that. If you guys have information at that that contradicts that, please, by all means, let me know. I'd love to hear it. But yes, there are now words coming out that Harrison Ford is getting ready to do a TV show. And he's not the lead. And those two statements to me sound rather ridiculous. Uh, But anyway, this is what we get coming to us from the folks over at IndieWire who write the following. The Indiana Jones icon is officially joining the Apple TV Plus comedy Shrinking. And it's a comedy! Harrison Ford! Uh, As a series regular. The 10-episode series is written by Jason Segel, who also uh, executive produces alongside of Emmy Award-winning Ted Lasso co-creator Bill Lawrence and Emmy Award-winning Ted Lasso star, writer, and co-executive producer Brent Goldstein, who is one of my favorite characters on television, by the way. A Shrinking follows grieving therapist Jimmy, played by Jason Segel, who starts telling his, his clients what he really thinks about them. Ford, meanwhile, is set to play another psychologist, a blue-collar shrink who is blunt in his therapeutic approach. Phil, played by Harrison Ford, is a pioneer in cognitive behavioral therapy who has built a successful practice over the years. Phil has recently been diagnosed with Parkinson's, which forces him out of his comfort zone as he grapples with intrusive friends, his estranged family, and his legacy. And that, of course, comes to us from IndieWire. Listen, this is fascinating to me on a couple of levels. Number one, I love Jason Segel. Love seeing that he popped up in Winning Time because yeah. I was just wondering about him not so long ago. Why don't I see Jason Segel in more stuff? And he's been popping back up more. Two, that Harrison Ford is joining a television series. It's incredible to me. And it really kind of emphasizes the power that Apple has right now. 
Apple can get anything they want. You want Harrison Ford to play that second character? Yeah, never going to happen. Let me take care of that for a second. Let me make Apple, a call. Yeah, let me, let me give a call. Uh, and Apple's able to make it happen. Next, it's a comedy. I haven't seen Harrison Ford. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I haven't seen Harrison Ford do a comedy since I think, I can't remember the name of it, but I think he did one with Rachel McAdams. Morning Glory. Morning Glory. It was some kind of morning show, right? Yep. Right where Harrison Ford teaches you how to make the perfect furtata. That's all I remember from that movie. I will teach you to make the perfect furtata. I, I, and all due respect to the good Canadian kid Rachel McAdams and Harrison Ford, that movie wasn't so good. That's much. I don't know that he works so great in comedy. But he's going into comedy. Then again, I didn't think, I couldn't picture Robert De Niro really doing comedy until I saw Meet the Parents. So, I mean, hey, or uh, what came first, Meet the Parents or Analyze This? I oh, think I think Analyze This. Okay, so I didn't really realize you could do comedy until I analyzed So I don't know, maybe this will be great. So I think this is fascinating. And look, we've talked a couple of times about the fact that it used to be real stars were in movies and TV had their stars. And we've talked a lot of it in recent years that you see a lot more crossover. Harrison Ford doing television? I mean, this to me might be the biggest one yet to really proclaim that the, the line has now disappeared. There's no more line. It's gone. Anyway, Chris, you hear about this. What do you think about Ford joining this? And what do you think about the sounds of the project in general? I love this. How could Harrison Ford being a therapist not be a comedy? <laughs> Just him being true. like, listen, kid, you got to get off your ass. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be so wonderful. And early in his career, too, he did things like Working Girl. He did Sabrina, which, sure, he was the straight man. You in know those. what? Thank you. Because Sabrina's one of my favorite films. It's really right. good. He, yeah, he's shown you can do that. And I believe oh John gosh. Williams does score for that Yes, movie. he does. Mm -hmm. And it's great. It's so good. It's so great. And it's hard It's hard for me to find something that rivals an original Audrey Hepburn film. And that one, oh, it's so good. But I think this will be great. And the team they've assembled here is so wonderful. Brett Goldstein, I think, is so funny. I think he's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, Y'all know how much I love the Muppets. He did this really great little, like, fundraiser stand-up bit where it's him doing Muppet Christmas Carol in five minutes. So oh, wow. funny. is one of my favorite things on earth. Um, but his writing is so stellar on Ted Lasso. All the writing on Ted Lasso yeah. is incredible. I really, really love Jason's work too. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, I think, is one of the funniest films. It's it's ever. in my top it's ten. So good. It's, it's in so my top funny. ten. And so and, is Get Him to the Greek. Yes. Oh, I so like good. Get Him to the Greek, actually. I love it. That movie has such a good soundtrack. At the wall. Oh, oh. <laughs> have you all Jeffrey? Um, it's so good. So I think the team they're assembling here is really, really killer. And Apple TV, not only can they get Harrison Ford, but they deliver. All of their projects are so good. And this is why I'm so confused by people still sleeping on this streaming service. It's five bucks a month and everything I've watched on there has been incredible. Well, maybe not C. Logan really likes C. Yeah, that one I wasn't big on C. That's the one thing that I've yeah. watched on there that I thought, oh, this isn't so great. Everything Invasion. else has everything been stellar been comedy. Incredible. Invasion. Oh, yeah. oh, was I that didn't Apple? Watch that. I didn't know that was Apple. Was Invasion Apple? For some reason, I thought that was I know. HBO. Ray and I part ways on this one. Don't mm. you dare. But, well, how did you watch Invasion, Ray? Was, is it Apple? Yeah, it is Apple. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, Invasion. I'll, I'll give Invasion one, too. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Ray I, feeling I betrayed. betrayed. <clears throat> no. <laughs> betrayed today. Fights today. All right, Rob, let me go over to you on this. Harrison Ford, television regular, not the lead guy, with Jason Segel as a therapist. I don't know. What do you think about this whole story? Well, I got a couple of things. I mean, like Chris said, I'd love to see Harrison Ford as a therapist, like pointing at his patients going, we need, what about you need? <laughs> I need, I don't know what you're talking about. Probably don't. 
But uh, uh, the thing about this show that I think is probably the best for Harrison Ford is that he's playing a therapist so he can be sitting down, which means he won't get hurt. No doors, no no, no blast shields or anything. Nothing's going to fall no on No airplanes crashing. Yeah, no airplanes crashing in golf courses. This is real chill. Uh, yeah, I think Harrison Ford's found the perfect role for himself. You know, he doesn't even have to get up. He can just have people coming in worried about his life. His secretary, you know, and he can maybe sometimes you'll see him putting on his shirt like that one scene in Working Girl when he puts his shirt on in front of everybody in the what the newsroom or wherever the corporation <laughs> he works at. But no, I, I mean, I think Harrison Ford actually is a pretty deft comedian, and I don't think he's had enough time to shine in that role. And I think it's pretty great to see him playing I, this curmudgeonly therapist. I mean, I, it, that seems to me great. I don't know if it's perfect casting because we'll have to wait and see. But I know I want to see this show now. By like, way, this goes to the top of the list. The thing that made me laugh the hardest ever, that, that Harrison Ford has ever made me laugh. Have you seen the special? And I bet you, out of all of us, Ray's going to be the one who knows who I'm talking about. There was a magician who did David this Blaine. Special. Was it David Blaine? <laughs> Whoa. Oh, David my God. Blaine. You're right. So that okay. in his kitchen. So if, like, you guys, oh, yeah, I don't oh. if you guys have not seen this video, <laughs> look best. this up on YouTube, okay? It's so good. So David Blaine does has this special where he goes around and he does a whole bunch of magic tricks to a whole bunch of different people, including uh, Will and Jada Smith and a whole bunch of other celebrities. And he actually goes into uh, Harrison Ford's house. And, and what's the name of his, his wife again? Alan McBeal? Calissa Flockhart, thank you. In his kitchen. And with, with their kids, they have, they have the kids around, they're in his kitchen. And I can't remember the exact trick. <laughs> uh, I know. But it involves it, fruit. Right, right. The orange and the card. Right, the orange and the card. And they're like, they open the orange and the card is inside. Anyway, he does something absolutely remarkable. And Harrison Ford is sitting there leaning on his counter watching it. And when he like opens, unpeels the orange, I think that's how it is. And he pulls out the <laughs> card. Harrison Ford, there's just a moment of pause. Like everybody else in the room is going, <gasps> like, oh. And Harrison Ford's a stone face and goes, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> it's like one of the funniest things. It's great. I have, you got to go look it up because the oh. trick is kind of bonkers too. Yeah. The trick is absolutely bonkers. Anyway, guys, question is for you. <laughs> what do you think about this? Harrison Ford joining a television series, Jason Segel on Apple TV+. Plus. Do you like the idea? Does it seem weird? Does it seem like it's time has come? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts hey guys we want to take a second and thank a sponsor of today's video the good folks at manscaped you know i was in the shower the other day and i looked down and i thought my goodness the boys look fantastic dr jack hammer the amazing mr fantastical have never looked or felt better and that is in part due to our friends at Manscaped. Because our friends at Manscaped are the global leaders in below-the-waist hygiene and are turning men's shower dreams into their favorite routine with the all-new Ultra Premium Collection. This all-in-one hygiene skin and hair bundle is designed to upgrade the everyday man's shower routine from head to toe. Your skin, hair, and balls deserve the best my friends you start off using the cologne infused ultra premium body wash with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean and moisturized all day then boom it's time to take care of your hair simply apply the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner that cleanses and nourishes your hair all in one step then once you dry yourself off and hop out of the shower it's time to protect yourself from body odor by applying the manscaped aluminum free deodorant and do you have tattoos or any dry skin a lot of us do 
it's time to hit your skin with the hydrating body moisturizer spray. Cap it all off by applying some Manscaped lip balm. And then last but not least, we're moving on to the Lawnmower 4.0 electric trimmer to clean off any unwanted body hair. So guys, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Campia, that's C-A-M-P-E-A at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code Campia at manscaped.com. And thank you to the folks at Manscaped. I love Manscaped for their support of the John Campia show. All right, guys. With that down, let's move into main topic number two, shall oh. we? Chris, what is our second main topic today? It's a Rob topic. It's a Rob topic. Yay! And it's not Star Trek. <laughs> it's from Karen Gouda. Hey, John and crew. Been a fan since the beginning of the pandemic and now listen every day on my way from work, home from work. Yay. Aww. Have you guys seen the viewership numbers for Moon Knight? Well, it looks like the premiere outperformed both WandaVision and Hawkeye. For me, this is wild. This is the debut of a new character and not someone who has been in previous MCU movies, unlike the other shows. What are your thoughts? All right, thanks for sending that in, Karen. I listen, I honestly didn't know what to where to set my expectations like for what is the audience size going to be for something like Moon Knight. Because while the trailer was really cool, nobody knows who this character is. I mean, and normally when we say stuff like that, we're talking about, you know, the the those the average film goer who doesn't read a lot of comics. There's a bunch of people who maybe semi-regularly read comics that have never heard of Moon Knight. Oh, yeah. And a lot of hardcore comic fans that know who Moon Knight is, but really don't know much about Moon Knight. And so I didn't know what the reaction, the response would be to what a lot of people tune in to watch it. Now, of course, we heard that the first episode was going to be great. We tuned in. It was great. By the way, today is game day. Game day. Moon Knight's on tonight, and I'm so excited to watch it. I'm so stoked. I love the first episode. Cannot wait. But so how many people would tune in? Well, a hell of a lot of people tuned in. Actually, more people tuned in to watch it than some other well-known, established MCU characters. This comes to us from the folks over at Deadline who write the following. Marvel's five-day premiere last week of deeper universe uh, protagonist. I always want to say protagonist. Anyway, protagonist Moon Knight hooked 1.8 million U.S. households, a figure that ties with the first frame draw of Disney Plus Marvel's Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but is ahead of Hawkeye over the same number of days by 20%. That Jeremy Renner, Haley Steinfeld series clocked 1.5 million in its first five days from November 24th to the 28th. Essentially, the Disney Plus Wednesday through Sunday premiere of Loki from June 9th through 13th remains as the most watch of a Marvel series, uh, or, for that matter, any series on the streamer, including the Mandalorian series, Thor's brother pulled in 2.5 million U.S. households. Loki also holds the record for the most watched Disney Plus season series finale over five days with 1.9 million U.S. households measured from July 14th through the 18th. So, while it is not the number one thing, nobody in the world expected it to be the number one thing. But if you had asked me... Except one. Well, I know I don't even think I don't even think him. But if you had asked me six months ago, do I think that this show could outdraw in its first episode Hawkeye? No. I mean, I didn't think Hawkeye looked that good. And I ultimately I didn't enjoy Hawkeye that much, but I never would have thought that an OG Avenger 
would not be able to draw as many opening numbers. And it had decent opening numbers, but not be able to draw the opening numbers as Moon Knight. That Moon Knight would actually outdraw it. If you had asked me six months ago, do I think Moon Knight can pull in the same premier numbers as Falcon and the Winter Soldier? No way. No way. And yet it did. And here's the thing. I'm not surprised at all that it outdrew WandaVision because that was their first show. Nobody knew if these shows were going to be any good or have any quality to them, whatever. That's fine. But I I have a sneaky suspicion that we're going to see the growth pattern that WandaVision had. Because remember, WandaVision just grew and grew and grew as week after week after week people talked about it because it was amazing. I still think the best show they've done so far. But this has the feelings to me of that. I mean, if the quality of the first episode can follow through tonight then we could see the growth of this. Loki ended its finale with 1.9 million. I think Moon Knight could outpace that. I think if this thing follows the pattern of WandaVision and just grows and grows and grows and grows, I think we could get to the series finale of this or the season finale and find it outdrew even Loki. So, I mean, these are incredibly impressive numbers. Rob, you had a t chance to take a look at these numbers. Are you surprised as many people tuned in? What do you attribute that to? And where do you see the show going now? I, I actually think the fact that Moon Knight is an unknown quantity with most people is it served this show mm. because it wouldn't it was not off putting to people who are not steeped in in the MCU. It had two movie stars essentially in it, Oscar Isaac and, of course, um, Handsome Hawk. And it, it looked intriguing. It, it, it didn't look like your typical superhero story, the way they're playing with uh, mental illness, what is real, what is not, uh, that fight club aspect to it. There's It does not feel, and it was not sold as a traditional superhero show. And I think a lot of people tuned in intrigued, even people that are fans of comics who knew nothing about Moon Knight. They're like, well, I'm going to check that out. That looks interesting to me. And so there is no, I don't think there's any MCU fatigue with this show. And I think it just seemed like something fresh and new. And that's a drew viewership to it. Chris, you had a chance to see these numbers. Number one, are you surprised that it's drawn this big, especially as an unknown character? And where do you think it's going to go? And what do you attribute its success to so far? I think so much of this has to do with Oscar. I think this is Oscar Isaac because... My friends who are not into comic books have been texting me all the time about this show of just, hey, what's this character about? What's the deal here? Why is Oscar Isaac, do Oscar Isaac doing this? Which I love that question. Like, why is this actor making it? I don't know. Money and fun? I don't know. Why do we do anything? Money and fun. That's, that's probably Well, it. have you ever seen Oscar Isaac, the picture, like he's done interviews? Do you know what he has behind him at his house? Mm-mm. Hot toys. Yeah, Ooh, he's a big hot he's toy. A, he's a big old nerd. I love now he's this. getting a hot toy. I mean, I think that part that of that is sense. that was part of the appeal to Probably. It. But I think he really draws in a lot of people who we wouldn't see otherwise. And like y'all were saying, too, the the intrigue of this show, the fight club aspect, the mental illness aspect that they're actually exploring in a very, very interesting and yeah. thoughtfully done way. It's not a gimmick. It's not some kind of MacGuffin. Um, I think that all plays into this, too. And I do think for so many people as well who might be feeling that superhero fatigue, because I do know some people are feeling that a little bit. This is such an interesting take on the superhero genre that I think that's really enticing some other people who maybe don't want to go see, you know, every single Marvel project, but this one has enough new, exciting aspects to it that they're tuning in. You know what else, John? It's really well done. Mm -hmm. I think when people tune into this, it's a it's a really high quality show that has great production values. And I think when people look at it, it's a rousing entertainment. 
And I think people tell their friends. I saw this thing. It was really great. You should check it out. I'm curious to know Ray's thoughts on this because, Ray, you watched you watched the first episode with us. Were you expecting it to get this big considering nobody heard of it? And, and why do you think it's caught on with people so much? Um, I don't know why it's caught on. I, For me, not knowing anything about Moon Knight, it's something... I was very attached to the uh, the screen. I don't know what it was. I it's probably what Chris said. Oscar Isaac he carried that whole first episode. I I went on the journey with him, like feeling the paranoia. Like yeah, yeah, you were there, John. I was like every yep. sound I heard behind me. I was like, what was that? Yeah, like, John, you can, <laughs> it was just a TV show. No, no, because like John has a sound system too, where it sounds like things are coming from <laughs> behind you. What's going? What's going? Especially that hallway scene. I was like, oh, oh what's so coming? Good. It's coming. <laughs> but you know what? Um, I want to point out something Rob uh, mentioned about how not a lot of people know this character. And I, I, I think it helps this show because uh, if uh, too many people like know the character, then you'll be seeing these videos about Moon Knight sucks. It's not like this or like Hashtag that. Hashtag not my Moon Knight. Yeah, moon it's, it's, it's exactly what the, the Halo show is going through right now. Right. Where it's kind of like, I don't know. I, it's just like, if you don't like something, just don't watch. I don't know why people like to complain because it's things are already filmed they're not going to change it because of complaints if you don't like it watch something you like and you know talk about something you like i think it takes too much energy to talk about something you don't like but anyways but moon knight is great i'm sorry just a little tangent there moon knight is great i can't wait for the next episode i can't i think they'll delve into the actual costume character yes. more tonight yes. which is what i'm interested in why does he turn into this yeah. thing what is his motives when he is this thing what the what's with the scarab? I, I, so what, yeah. what's the significance? Yeah, what's the significance of scarab? I thought it was a from Power Rangers badge for a minute. Like I wasn't quite sure what was going on. Well, well Moon Knight run into this uh, the the other creature eventually, which is the matchup I want to see building up with Ethan Hawke too. I want to see what he now that he knows he can't read uh, Oscar Isaac's character. What is he going to do now? Is he going to continue pursue him? What's his goals? You know, um, it, there's still a whole bunch of mystery, but it's good mystery, a mystery that I want to see solved and not like, uh, yeah, I don't want I don't care. Well, you By know, the, I was going to ask a question, though. What what was the name again of the Egyptian deity that Handsome Hawk worships? Amit. Was uh, it Amit? Yeah, that's right. So he mentions a story that Amit was betrayed. By one of the other. Do you think Khonshu is the one that betrayed? I would think so. Yeah, uh, something okay. like that. Uh, that could be. Well, you brought up something, John. You know, even I, as a diehard Moon Knight fan, unlike, say, something like Star Trek, where I have very, I'm a fundamentalist. I have very specific ideas about what Star Trek should be. With what? this show, I should be. I should be like the fundamentalist Moon Knight fan. But the thing is, there is no real definitive Moon Knight. Moon Knight has been such an iterative character since 1975 that I love Moon Knight, but it's never. Moon Knight, I'll be honest never been that good there's been some good runs jeff lemire wrote good runs brian bendis's run was weird but it's brian bendis so you read it and go yeah. oh brian bendis but but um i have been fascinated because it's new and as much as i love moon knight they're giving me a different version of the character that uses all these different things so even for me as a longtime fan i'm going into it like wow this is really interesting and i think it would work anybody who's interested in good 
television or good drama or good fantasy or good comic book characters. There's something to find to like in this for all audiences, I think. Also, Rob, I, I wasn't taking shots at you for like with your Star Trek thing. You have every right with Star Trek. You're like a special case because you've been a fan of that thing. I'm talking about I'm a special needs Star Trek fan. <laughs> anyway, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about these? Like Moon Knight for a character that nobody's ever heard of is outdoing shows like Hawkeye going neck and neck with like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like, why do you think that is? And do you think it can continue that success? Whatever you guys' thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number three, shall we? Chris. What is our third main topic today? This comes from Gaff. Good morning, John. The reviews for Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore are starting to come in and they're looking pretty solid. The last I looked, the movie has a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes with no audience score yet. What do you think about the reviews so far and what are your expectations now that you've seen some of the reviews? All right, thanks a lot for sending that in. First thing I got to mention to Gaff is when they wrote that in, I don't know if there were two reviews because then when I looked on Rotten Tomatoes this morning, it had a 32%. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Lower than Morbius? Uh, it had a 32%. Morbius was 15. Morbius was like 15. Oh, oh so, I yeah. thought, no. I'm, anytime I talk about it, it's audience score. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. That's no what matters to me. for Dumbledore. Oh, yeah, so. Okay. so it was at like 32% or something like that. Look, I have actually been very much looking forward to this movie. I, unlike most people, I actually quite enjoyed the second Fantastic Beast. I thought Johnny Depp was great as Grindelwald. I like the story they set up. I like the world. I like the conflict at the end. I mean, don't get me wrong. It wasn't a top 10 favorite movie of mine of the year or anything, but I, I quite enjoyed it. Now we're moving into this one, and you got Mads Mikkelsen now in there, which is great. I personally think the trailers look great. I love the Dumbledore character, and I love Jude Law, so seeing him take more of a prominent role in this one has been exciting to me. And so... Yeah, and I'm going to go see it tomorrow. I'm going to go see uh, Fantastic Beast tomorrow. I'm going to go see Ambulance tonight. going to see oh. Fantastic Beast tomorrow. And then Sonic on Thursday. So a good couple of days lined up for me here. But, yeah, then when I went over and looked and I saw like 32 34%, I can't remember what it was. I'm like, oh, dear. Because the early reactions coming out of some fan events was actually pretty solid. Actually pretty solid. Well, okay, I just loaded up the page now. And it's gotten better. <laughs> um, it is now... At 59%, okay. so almost at 60. Uh, it's got 39 reviews in right now. Still, Obviously, still no audience score. We're not going to get one of those for, for a while. I remember one of the big positive ones was from Variety. If we go over to Top Critics, uh, you see a lot of positives from the Top Critics. Time Out is saying, It lacks substance, menace, and often narrative sense, but it also delivers rich, immersive, and thrilling moments. That's good. Uh, so that's not bad. Uh, Screen International didn't like it. They say three installments in Fantastic Beasts can't shake the impression that it is merely a footnote in comparison to Harry Potter's coming of age saga. Well, I don't think anybody thinks it's anything other than a footnote compared to the regular yeah. Harry yeah. Potter ones. Uh, the Times liked it. Mickelson's simmering intensity adds a new layer of menace to the character, but also suggests a credibly torrid romantic history with Dumbledore. Uh, the London Standard says when it when it was first announced. That this would be a five-part series, I thought, five Fantastic Beasts films? There shouldn't even be one. Now, I'd love to see Fantastic Beasts 4. That's not bad. No. Uh, Polygon didn't like it. 
An evident attempt to right the ship has turned into a calamitous case of mission drift as a property with no identity travels in nonsensical circles looking for a sustainable new direction. Yeesh. Not so good. Uh, William Bibiani over at The Wrap writes, It's hard to care much about any of the many... Uh, characters in The Secrets of Dumbledore because hardly any of them have a meaningful storyline or character arc of their own. Uh, Empire liked it. The Secrets of Dumbledore doesn't quite cast a Potter-like spell, but with solid action and moments of genuine heart, it delivers light uh, a little light in the Wizarding World's darkest hour. That's nice. Anyway, and it goes back and forth. So, I mean, you got a bunch of people in there. Uh, again, Variety's art, uh, review of it was, no other film series works in such intricate, multiple installment arcs, uh, planting details that will almost certainly pay off in forthcoming chapters. There you go. So it's it's kind of back and forth. Like I said, right now, again, it's substantially up from when I first looked. It's at 59% there right now. So it's, it's leaning positive at this point. But the reviews aren't quite as good as the first reactions that we had heard early on. Where am I at right now? This is good enough to me. Um, I'm reading enough of the critics that I appreciate saying that they liked it uh, to have me sustain my excitement for it. I've heard a number of the critics saying this is the best of the Fantastic Beasts, and, and it should be known that some of the ones that are writing in the negative reviews didn't like either of the other Fantastic Beasts, and that's fair. So, But the ones that seem to have appreciated the other ones are also saying this could be the best one of the bunch. So, I'm not going in expecting an Academy Award winner. Uh, I'm not even expecting it to be as fun as Venom. But if you can just deliver to me a good time like I had in the last one, if you can give Jude Law some really good stuff to shine on screen, I'm good and I'll be totally satisfied. Again, I'm seeing it tomorrow, so I'll find out more then. But, uh, yeah, so, anyway, Chris, where have your expectations been for this third one? Because I know for a lot of people it's been all over the place. And, you know, now that we're reading some reviews and things like that, what are you expecting? Well, I mean, like you, I don't think the second one is as bad as people made it out to be. Look, your sequel's not always going to be Empire. It's not always going to be Two Towers. Sometimes it's the gum in between two pieces of paper and it's just moving us <laughs> forward. All right. Sometimes we have to have things go pretty dog shit so we can have growth and development and things like that. Right. Um it did feel a little bit, and I know some people in the chat said this too, it does feel a little bit like Newt got sidelined in some of these stories. And that's yes. kind of where I'm losing the thread of the Fantastic Beast part. And we talked about that with the trailers too. Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. I don't know where to see them except for the end of that trailer. I need more of those beasts if that's kind of the through line here. I'm really excited about the addition of Mads Mikkelsen. I think he makes everything better. Money Mikkelsen. Yeah. Money Mikkelsen. <laughs> oh, I think he's wonderful. I love the Jacob Kowalski character. I love that he's getting magic. I'm really excited about all of that. I'm really, really hoping that this is more thoughtfully done than some of these reviews are leading me to believe, especially if it's three out of a five franchise. That, that five number makes me a little nervous with what these people are saying. Um, but obviously, you know, proof is in the pudding. I won't know about it till I'm there. Right now, though, I'm pretty I'm pretty just meh about going in. And, and I say that as somebody who grew up on the Potter books and has their own wand and is a proud Slytherin. Like, I, I do want to point out one thing, and, and this concerns me a little bit. Mm -hmm. As I read through, like, I know a lot of film critics. A lot of film critics. <laughs> like, I know a whole bunch of them. And... I know that almost all of them, they don't care about anything. 
they just go into the movie and they want to have a good time. And if it's if they like it, they say they like it. And if they don't, they don't. People love to make up conspiracy theories about film critics. If film critics don't like movies they like, or if the heaven forbid they like movies they don't like. I mean, so they like to come up with these conspiracy theories. Robbing page. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, and, yeah. And basically, if you're one of those people who believes in those conspiracy theories, you are a fucking idiot. That being said, John. <laughs> but that being said, UFOs that being are real. said, I want to give context to this. That being said, there are a couple of the reviews that I took the liberty a few minutes before we started the show to read through a little bit more. And there are a few of the negative reviews that spent a good chunk of their review talking about stuff other than the movie. Like they, and again, this is not the majority of them. This is a handful, a handful who are going to end up being 3% of the overall. But I was a little iffy about some of these when I was reading through the review that a lot of their ink was dedicated to talking about the behind the scenes drama of it, mm-hmm. whether it's Ezra Miller, who we'll talk more about a little bit later, whether it's Johnny Depp, whether it's JK Rowling herself and things like that. And I could not help as somebody who does not believe in these stupid conspiracy theories. And I know these film critics, they just say what they think about the movie period. But it, it was concerning to see like, why some of the film critics, and again, it's a small percentage, seem to focus so much on stuff that had nothing to do with the movie itself. And that was a little disconcerting. Still, the majority of them that I read through were just, yeah, I, this movie didn't work for me because of this, this, and this, and that's totally fair. I'm still excited, though. Rob, I mean, I, I don't remember where you you are at as in terms of the Harry Potter <laughs> movies, the, the Fantastic Beast movies specifically, but what are your expectation levels what have they been like? Do these reviews we've been reading seem like they fall in line with that? Where are you at right now? Yeah, I mean, I think the reviews, first of all, I'm not that invested in the entire Harry Potter franchise because I was a little old for it. I read Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone when it was new uh, because I wanted to know what it was all about. It's kind of the same. Uh, I heard Stephen King, he reviewed Hunger Games, so I picked up the book and and, and, and liked it. And I, I totally understand why Harry Potter became a worldwide phenomenon. Um but I was just a little old. Now, this this Fantastic Beasts franchise, to me, because I don't have any investment in it, I, I get some enjoyment out of the effects. Uh, I like the characters. I don't think the movies have been great. But I, this might seem a little strange. But, like, the Transformers movies for me are a mixed bag. I love the first one. The rest of them, not so much until Bumblebee. But I love Transformers 3 Dark of the Moon. It's not good. But I love watching it. I love like the whole Battle of Chicago. I, I ran into Tom DeSanto last night and talked to him. And even he was saying, yeah, the third one. I go, dude, don't be dissing on your own Dark of the Moon. Come on. Um, but I, I do find some enjoyment out of a lot of the set pieces in these movies. I enjoy the actors in the films. And to me, you know, as long as this gives me something like another, uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. The first one I really loved. The other one's not so much, but I love three because all the fantasy elements. It was just crazy. So that's what I, when I watch these, because I don't, I'm not personally as invested in them. If there's, if they're really well done and you've got beautifully designed effect sequences and you do have some great actors really uh, doing great work. I mean, Mads Mikkelsen in the trailer looks great. Like you said, Jude Law's in the movie more. And all the other actors look like they're having a ball. And I will watch a movie because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think there's a lot of things in this franchise. I bought these movies. I actually own them, the first two. And I, I enjoy them. 
And so hearing, hearing, I don't know what people expect from them, you know, because I don't expect much. And what, what I've been given by these movies has entertained me. So I, and this one, as we talked about that extended, that first extended trailer, I think it was the second trailer they dropped. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, we both, we all talked about it. Yeah. That was a great trailer. It I looked at really that trailer well. and I'm like, you know what, man? There's enough in this trailer. Everything in that trailer looked like I will like this movie. Mm-hmm. I will sit down. I, I have no necessarily personal investment in it. But if it was on TV or I bought the disc and I went and I might go see it with Elizabeth. I am excited. Well, fingers crossed. I will, of course, do an out of the theater reaction once I see it tomorrow. Then we'll talk more about it on the show on Thursday. Question is for you guys. What are you thinking right now about what we're hearing coming out of the secrets of Dumbledore? A slight majority of the critics seem to be liking it right now. It's still holding the same percentage as I'm rebooting the page. What do you guys think? Where are your expectations at right now? Are you looking forward to seeing it? Have you not been? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this video, Coinbase. Have you found yourself curious about getting involved in cryptocurrency, but if you're like a couple of friends of mine who have been really interested in it, they felt kind of overwhelmed by it, like not even knowing how to get started. Well, that's where Coinbase comes in because they make learning to buy and sell crypto simple. Coinbase offers a trusted and easy to use platform to buy, sell, and spend cryptocurrency. They support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app so you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place. And that's why millions of people all over the world in a hundred different countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets. So whether you're looking to diversify, just getting started, or searching for a better way to access crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. And for a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at Coinbase.com slash campia sign up at coinbase.com slash campia for ten dollars in free bitcoin this offer is for a limited time only so be sure to sign up today that's coinbase.com slash campia and thank you to coinbase for making this episode of the john campia show possible by being one of our sponsors all right guys with that down let's move into main topic number four here shall we chris What is our fourth main topic today? Fourth topic comes from Amir B. I remember last year you and Rob discussed that WB was going to be producing some narrative podcasts and that Batman was one of them. I just read that they are launching the new show in May. I love Batman, but I never thought about getting my Batman stories from a podcast. What does this mean? Are they talking about Batman's stories? Are they reading them? How is a narrative podcast different from an audio novel? Thank you for clarifying and for any clarification you can give this. All right, thanks a lot for saying that. Sorry, we didn't have the email graphic for that. Um, yeah, this is really interesting. So you're right. I remember, Rob, like it was like, it feels like a year ago, maybe it was longer, but Warner Brothers decided they were going to invest with Spotify into putting together some podcasts, some narrative podcasts. And one of the things they mentioned was going to be a Batman podcast. It's like, all right. And then I remember hearing a while ago that one of my favorite characters in the MCU, M'Baku, played by Winston Duke. Uh, he was going to be the voice of Batman. Which is dope. Which is yeah. like really kind of cool. Because oh. if you think about his voice in Us, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that could be a pretty decent Batman voice. So I, I love Winston Duke. I think the dude's great. 
then this is interesting, although there's they're taking an angle with it that I not thought of before. Maybe this is from another story that I've missed and overlooked. But anyway, this comes from the folks over at CBR who write the following ab- uh, about this whole story, which is kind of interesting. Write this. Uh, Batman Unburied, the Spotify exclusive narrative podcast, finally sets a release date. And by the way, that release date is May 5th. May 5th is when this is coming out. As reported by The Hollywood Reporter, the Cape Crusader's upcoming audio adventure is set to hit Spotify on May 5th and will delve into some of the darker aspects of Batman's mythology. While the episode count of the series is currently unknown, the podcast features an all-star cast of voices including Black Panther's Winston Duke, who plays Bruce Wayne slash Batman. The audio drama will also feature the vocal talents of Gina Rodriguez, Jason Isaacs. I love oh, Jason nice. Isaacs. Uh, Lance Reddick, Ashley Birch, and John Reese davies who I also love John Reese davis so that's just all great to me. The Batman Unburied is the first production to come from a multi-year first-look listening deal between Warner Brothers and Spotify. The story begins, now this is where it gets interesting. The story begins with Bruce Wayne working as a forensic pathologist in Gotham Hospital uh, as he's been tasked with examining the victims of a terrifying serial killer known as The Harvester. I'm guessing that he takes organs. I'm just going to go out on a limb there and guess that. Maybe he farms. Maybe he farms. <laughs> Maybe he, he loves Duncan. Stardew Valley. Maybe Aww. he just plays a lot of Stardew. That's precious. Uh, not only will the superhero be forced to face his own mental demons, but he will also have to overcome them in order to save the citizens of Gotham as his alter ego, Batman, reads the description for the series. So, I, Bruce Wayne will start off working as a forensic pathologist at a hospital? He's... I just thought being rich was his job. <laughs> so, okay, that's, I mean, he's definitely the detective, so that's cool. I, I am not familiar with any of the stuff that I've read where he's had that. So maybe that is in one of the comic runs that I'm just not familiar with. So that's interesting. Okay. Now, the person who wrote in the email asked an interesting question. What is the difference between a narrative podcast? Because he asked in there, are they just going to, like, read a comic or talk about a story? What is the difference between a narrative podcast and an audio novel? I don't know. I I don't know. Why? Because if this is what I'm picturing in my head, then that's called an audio novel. Or, as they used to call it in the old talkies, radio dramas. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what the difference is, other than the fact that in most audio novels, like, Nobody does audio novels, even their bad ones, better than Star Wars. Star Wars audio novels are the shit because they put so much production into it with the music and the sound effects. The thing is, it's always one person doing the voice. It's the narrator doing the Mm -hmm. voice, right, of all the different characters. This sounds like they're going to have a full cast and all that kind of stuff. That's great. So I'm assuming person who wrote in the question I'm assuming this is just an audio novel with multiple cast members, but they call it, it's going to be released in chapters, so they call it a podcast. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I'm going to give this a listen. I, I will say this, though. Batman, to me, is very much a visual story. Batman, to me, is a, is a visual medium, whether it's a, a painted images or moving pictures or whatever. It's interesting to me to try to picture myself listening to a Batman story. But then again, I guess you could say the same about Star Wars. Star Wars is a very visual medium-based mm-hmm. thing, so maybe that'll work. I'll check it out. I don't know what to expect. Anyway, Rob, you're hearing about this. 
What do you think about this project there? David Gorey is the executive producer on this, by the way. Um, is this something that catches your interest? So, so excited. John, I grew up listening to the CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents, <laughs> hosted by E.G. Marshall. And they were really like dramas. They were actors portraying parts. There were sound effects. There was music. And it was like listening to a, a whole story. It was like a play or like a TV show. You're just listening to it. You're not seeing it. One of the greatest things that came out last year was the Sandman, the DC's The Sandman so audio good. drama. Oh, a lot of people like that a lot. Oh, my God. I mean, it was, first of all, it was like 13 hours long, mm -hmm. and Neil Gaiman was like the narrator, and, and it was a full-on actors playing parts. It was an audio drama, and it was just as entertaining as a movie. It was incredible. And I think it's if they're if they're doing anything like they did with Sandman, this is going to be something really special. And it, I, I implore all of you out there, our viewership, do yourselves a favor. And if you like audiobooks and you go to work or whatever, if you have not listened to the Sandman audio drama, it is uh, uh, Chris. Oh, it's don't incredible. you think it's incredible? Incredible. It's so good. Oh. And it'll make you fall in love with that character. And. Here's an exclusive for the John Campion show. I have a friend uh -oh. that has seen the first three episodes of the Sandman TV series, which is one of my most eagerly awaited things. Yeah, that thing's only been coming for like seven years. And yeah, it's uh, about yeah, time. For, I mean, they've been trying to make Sandman for, and he, big thumbs up. Oh. And he was telling me about one particular episode that is early on in the comic run, because it's my favorite comic of all time. I'm like, I go, wait a minute, they did that? They did that. It, it's called 24 Hours if you want to look into it. And he goes, oh, yeah, they <laughs> did that. And I'm like, that early on in the series? He's like, yep. I'm like, wow. And I'm like, oh, I'm in. But listen to that audio drama because it's awesome, dude. Chris, you're hearing about this uh, narrative podcast yeah. of Batman, Winston Duke, the whole bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is this something that's catching your attention? What do you think mm -hmm. we can look forward to? Or are you excited for I'm it? I'm very excited about this. Let's talk about that that podcast versus audiobook thing for a second, too, because I know about this. So basically, this is more about the way that we're distributing this, right? So audiobook, you get that all at once. You buy that. You listen to that at your leisure. The podcast format is going to allow DC to have ads throughout their chapter releases. So That's you can true. monetize that in a much more effective way. Mm. So there's that. Like you guys were saying too, audiobooks typically, sometimes this is different. If you have a romance, maybe sometimes there's two narrators or if they're doing two different people's perspectives and there's first person narration, usually it's just you and their narration itself is much more laid back. Uh, you're reading, you know, maybe it's a uh, finished hour read of 15 hours, right? That means your audiobook narrator has worked probably 30 plus to get those nice clean edits, right? So you're usually a bit more relaxed, you're seated, you're not doing really zany voices when you're doing the other things. There are exceptions to this rule. We've got Andy Serkis currently doing a Lord of the Rings read. He's full on doing his Gollum voice, of course. He's doing a lot of different uh, voices on that as well. When you're doing something that is much more like an audio drama where we're acting out the play, you have people coming in and out doing their lines. It feels more like uh, it's akin to what you do for animation or video game readings as well. Just a little more dropped in. Um, if animation is playing out to the mezzanine in a theater, your audiobooks are more like a black box theater experience. So a little more pre-life, a little more grounded as well. 
So that's kind of the difference there for you, dear viewer. Um, back to me being excited about this. Fuck, yes, I am. Oh my God, I'm so excited. If you guys listen to the Wolverine podcast, The Long Night, like that got me hyped for listening to more comic book stories in this kind of format and having Baku do the voice of Batman. I mean, come on, that's going to be killer. It's going to be killer. Oh. All right, guys. It's going to be killer. I see what you did there. Yeah. Question is for you guys. What do you think about this? Would you be interested in checking out a podcast version of a Batman story? I mean, I, it could be interesting. We also got a couple people in here excited about it. What are you guys feeling about it? Jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move into main topic number five, shall we? Chris. What is our fifth main topic today? Uh, oof, my goof. <laughs> it comes from Lou A. I was listening to your most recent mailbag, and you mentioned that even if WB wanted to get rid of Ezra Miller, they really couldn't until after the movie comes out because they can't have that kind of negative PR. I get that. But don't they risk even more negative PR if they do nothing? Between his violent outbursts and strange online messages, isn't Ezra basically a powder keg right now that could go off at any time? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in. Okay. So here's the thing. I have said, uh, obviously we've, we've been covering the Ezra Miller drama here for, for a while this last couple of weeks. Obviously there was the incident where he got arrested. And then after that, we find out there was a restraining order put against him for another thing that he did. This of course all ties back then to some, some really peculiar online things that he did. Then obviously going all the way back to the choking the girl out front of the thing and everything. Now, to give context and just to lay the groundwork here, this goes back to that incident two years ago where Warner Brothers did nothing about the whole incident of Ezra Miller being caught on tape, literally, who after being thrown out of a bar, literally grabbing a girl by the throat and taking them to the ground. Okay, so Warner Brothers did nothing. Their philosophy was, shh, don't talk about it and everything. Of course, there's a lot of people who said this is only going to embolden their behavior. This is only going to embolden Ezra Miller's behavior. And now we're seeing a lot of stuff. Then more stories came out that like uh, Hilo police were called like 10 times in terms of a week over mm -hmm. Ezra Miller and stuff like that. It's just the craziest, craziest, crazy stuff. Now, I have said on this show that there is nothing you can do about the upcoming Flash movie. There's nothing you can do about it. It's done. It's shot. You cannot recast it. You cannot redo it. You can't CGI it. It's done. And somebody did bring up on the mailbag I did yesterday, and they asked, you know, I, I mean, something needs to be done about Israel Miller now. They just need to publicly say they fired him from Flash now. But you can't do that. This is what I said yesterday. I said you cannot do that because you got the movie coming out. Even if, even if, and that's a big if, even if Warner Brothers was so inclined to part ways with Ezra Miller, and we don't know that they are, but even if they wanted to do that, they would never make that public until after the Flash movie came out. Case in point, I point you and direct the court back to the whole issue of Ben Affleck was being done as Batman, which I told people for a long time, and nobody believed it, and then the whole incident at Comic-Con happened where they had the WB panel, and what happened? Ben Affleck got on stage. Oh, yeah, I'm still Batman. I love being Batman. It was all a lie. <laughs> we understood why, because he's trying to, he's being a professional. He's trying to sell the movie. And if you make the story that he's out as Batman, that's going to hurt the movie. 
That's the way Warner Brothers, that's their playbook. Deny, deny, deny. Shh, shh, shh. Don't talk about it, don't talk about it, don't talk about it. That is Warner Brothers' playbook. And so I've said for a long time, you cannot fire him before this thing comes out. There's no going back on that, blah, 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 blah. Now, as I often do, you guys know I know some people in studio positions. And here's a little bit of inside baseball for you. A lot of people in my line of work have contacts at studios. A lot of, a lot of people do. I'm not special. And what normally happens is we will often, people in positions like mine, we will write when there's a story coming out, we want a little bit more clarification or understanding of some things or maybe get a little inside information. We write to these people. And the reality is eight times out of 10, they just don't write back. <laughs> like they just don't get back to us. And then sometimes the two out of the 10 times they do get back to us, it'll be something very vague, very party line. Sometimes they'll say something a little nebulous. Sometimes they'll say something pretty specific. So when stuff was going on last week or earlier in the week with the Ezra Miller stuff, I wrote to somebody I knew at Warner Brothers and I just asked, like it was a short email, but it's basically saying, hey, look, is Warner going to do anything about this? Are they going to address it this time? Is there a possibility you guys could part ways with Ezra Miller? And all that kind of stuff, right? Not really expecting to hear anything back. And then, yes, last night, I got a response that was a little cryptic, but said they're discussing options. They're discussing options. Now, before we blow that phrase way out of proportion, I want to remind everybody that discussing options can mean a lot of things. It could mean we are we have decided to get rid of Ezra Miller and we are looking currently at the best ways to go about doing that. Okay, sure, that's one way you can look at it. But it could also mean that they've decided to do nothing about it and they're just discussing how to spin that, <laughs> that they're going to do nothing. It could also mean, I mean, it could mean a million things. They're discussing options. And also, when they say they're discussing options, that could be three junior vice presidents are going to have a lunch meeting about it. And if they can come up with anything, they'll pass it up. Or it could mean the executive board of Warner Brothers is currently sitting and meeting and talking about it, maybe wanting to get this thing settled before Big Papa Zaslav takes over in a week. And maybe they lose their jobs for not doing something. Or maybe they lose their jobs for doing something. I don't know. But they got a new boss coming. I think they want to try to clean up a little bit if they can. So it could mean a lot of things. I want to be very, very clear about that. could mean a lot of things. But let's revisit the question. When people have been asking me, could they fire Ezra? I've been saying no. That answer could suggest I've been wrong. I'm not saying it is suggesting I'm wrong, but I am conceding that that response I got could suggest maybe that I'm wrong. And that in, in saying that they can't fire him, blah, blah, blah. So let us, as the Council of Wisdom, now confer oh. with one another about, okay, let's say for argument's sake that I've been wrong. That let, Let's just for a moment, though I'm probably not, but for a moment, let's assume that I've been wrong in saying that they, they cannot part ways with them at this point. It's too late. The movie shot, blah, blah, blah. All right. Let's say for a moment I'm wrong. And that things that they are discussing are 
Yeah, they're seriously looking at getting rid of him. Okay, let's let's just take that for a moment, just for the sake of discussion. Realistically speaking, what are their options? Now, remember, the movie is shot. It's it's done. It's in the can. It's not coming out for a while. Like what month in 2023, Ray? Can you look that up mm. for us? When does the Flash come out? Is I remember it, they just recently moved to 2023. May, I think. May or June. So I mean, it might be another full year away. I mean, I don't know, but. If, and this is a big if, they are looking at actually removing him. What honestly are their options? I want to propose a couple and I want to see what you guys would add to that list or which one you think it would be. Option number one is do nothing. That has been their playbook. Do nothing. Drop some Henry Cavill Superman rumor to get people distracted and stop talking about Ezra. Seems to work really well because we are easily distracted. Option number two. They part ways, but after Flash comes out, following in the Ben Affleck model of things. Did you get that release date? Uh, June 23. So June, so over a year away. So there is time to do something if they want to. So option number one, do nothing. Option number two, decide to quietly part ways, but don't let anybody know that until after the Flash movie comes out. Then you get into some more of the extreme possibilities. Extreme possibility number one. CGI, as somebody wrote in and, and suggested... CGI another actor's face onto Barry's body and have it be a different actor. That is so problematic. <laughs> there are so many potential problems with that, but still one of the options that we will say is on the table. That's option number three. Option number four, delay the film further and straight up reshoot the movie. Financially, that seems unlikely. <laughs> And again, extremely problematic. Yeah. Not to mention, next week a new boss takes over. And you're going to have to explain to the new boss, why are we paying $200 million for to redo a movie we already shot? But again, it is one of the options on the table. Another option, announce that they have fired Ezra Miller quickly so that they've got a year for that to kind of blow over and then the final movie that he appears in comes out. That's not a terrible option. Uh, so those are a couple I've come up with here. Rob, let me throw this over to you. Yes, sir. Let's for the moment assume, which there's no basis for this right now. Sure. But let's assume for a moment that in discussing their options, one of the things they've seriously got on the table is the, the idea they're going to part ways with Ezra Miller. If that were the case, what other options do they have other than the ones I've mentioned? And if you don't have any more, which one of the options that we've talked about seems to be the most likely or the most plausible that they could employ if they wanted to? Well, you know, remember, most people in the world aren't paying that much attention to this story. So the studio has the option. You could wait for it to blow over. Or if Ezra, it seems to me this kind of behavior, this erratic behavior, something is not right. A miss. Is a miss. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. It's a miss. And if they can find some way to get Ezra Miller the help or find out what's going on and maybe alleviate that problem, that would be to have Ezra Miller get some help and then maybe come out in six months and issue an apology. People won't even remember what he's apologizing for, but he can come out and and, and be, you know, concede and say, look, I was, I was wrong, you know, and everyone loves... Uh, uh, f to forgive and and then move on. They still have another six months before the movie comes out. So I would think my my first thought would be op that option. Let's 
let's see what's going on find out what's going on let's we can get him some help get him the help he needs he comes out and apologizes because there's not only money invested in this movie john he's a part of warner brothers he was the flash we saw him a a glimpse of him in batman v superman he was in justice league he's in flash they didn't just make this movie thinking they're gonna make a one-off you know they want to make flash movies and if that's the case and they still think they're viable, I mean, it's too bad it happened to this of all the movies they've been making. This movie's been they've been trying to make this movie since 1937. And <laughs> I mean, for all of the movies that, that this has happened to, it's such an unfortunate situation. But I don't think reshooting the movie, I don't really think is an option because he's not just playing Flash. He's playing another version of Barry Allen. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's multiple versions of him. So reshooting this. I just can't see them doing that. Maybe deep fake technology, but then that's going to draw so much attention to itself. It's it's going to be yeah. a mess. And I mean, SAG's going to freak out. Yeah, it's just going to be <laughs> SAG will freak a, a SAG out. SAG will freak out. It'll it, it'll just be a mess. And I think that there's no real option then to ride out this storm some way shape or form. I think the best way is let's figure out what's going up on with Ezra Miller. Let's get him the help he needs. He he gets cleaned up, he comes out and says, "I was a maniac." I'm sorry, you know, I was a wild man. I was I was Keith Richards in the late 60s. I'm sorry. And hopefully that'll work out. But I don't see is there's any there's any real option because this is not a cheap film. Like you said, David Zaslav's going to come in and go, wait a minute, you want to reshoot a movie? Like you said, what? <laughs> Let's just put it on the shelf. You know, it never comes out. And then, you know, when enough, when enough, enough fans are like, release the, uh, <laughs> release the Andy Muschietti cut. For the Flash, and then they'll finally, when they get enough goodwill, put it on HBO Max. You know, it should point out that there is a little bit of a template that's out there right now because Fox slash Disney, they employed a let's just be quiet about this and let's play it out for Death on the Nile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? With their Army Hammer situation. They were just like, let's delay it as much as we can remove him from all the trailers basically yeah, take him out of 95 percent of the trailers and then let's wait for some of it to die down a bit and then just let it quietly release and it was fairly quiet they yeah. quietly released that movie they can't do that with the flash yeah. yeah that's the problem He's up in right? front right there <laughs> can they do it with the flash like you can't take Ezra out of the marketing for the Flash, and do you, do you just keep pushing, pushing, and pushing until you quietly release it? I mean, it could be the best movie in the world, but when they release it, you know that like every review headline is going to be Flash in the pan or something <laughs> like that, you know, and and that'll be the one, the one and done Flash film has finally come out, and unfortunately, it's pretty good. I love like this that. newscaster voice you're doing too, by the way. <laughs> extra, extra, extra. Uh, the Flash Miller. movie has been released. Sounds like the opening of that freaking Clone Wars movie. <laughs> Oh, the Jedi are fighting back against the It's like that's it's like okay, something's wrong with Star Wars. Anyway, but uh, Chris, let me ask you this: one of the things that they wrote in was saying, like, if you don't do anything, isn't at this point Ezra from a PR point of view, from a PR point of view, isn't he a bit of a ticking tom bomb? Like, if I almost feel like we're just waiting anxious. Like at this point, I feel like every morning I wake up because you know I'm a fan of Ezra Miller's Flash iteration me too i like Ezra miller's flash. i have ought to have him and i feel like every morning i wake up and i hit to open my news feeds and go please don't be something new about Ezra. Yeah. I, I feel like any moment now we're gonna find that ezra miller beats baby seal to death on santa monica beach Ooh. with a baseball bat or, or something along those lines i mean i i just don't know so what realistically let's say you're in the room where it happens mm-hmm. to quote hamilton oh, sweet let's say you're there okay 
and you're in those boardrooms right now and you're trying to figure out, let's say discussing, discussing options is going on. What to you right now is the best approach for how to handle this situation right now? And what do you think, if it's a different answer, do you think they will end up doing to handle this right now? I mean, I do feel fiscally the waiting out the storm is probably your best option because reshoots are going to be so expensive. And we do have things like the Tignataro situation with um, Army of Darkness. Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead. Thank you. Not Army of Darkness. Oh, my gosh. Very different film. Um, and, and that worked out really, really well. But Tig was replacing a supporting character. Right? It's small role. And, yeah. and while certainly a lot of what they're doing with Barry, I assume, is going to be green screened, Barry running through the speed force, lots and lots of effects heavy things that you could reshoot. You very, very well could. It's those interactions with other people that yeah. are going to be the real time consuming and costly things that we're doing here. And I'm with you. I really enjoyed what Ezra did with Barry Allen in the Justice League film. I thought their performance was really, really great. I just, I stand by when somebody continues to show you the kind of person they are behaving as, you listen to them. Yeah. And hopefully they get all the help they need and they they get themselves sorted out. But this also then leads us to talk about other people in the WB sphere who have not been dealt with or have been dealt with in different ways, right? We have the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard situation in, as well as this. So WB really needs to have some firm boundaries about what they expect of their actors. Or... Like I, if I was like working at Warner Brothers, I would I would put up the money to get the band better than Ezra to record a new album and have Ezra Miller star in the first music video in yeah. that band's album, <laughs> and that'll be his apology. But okay, I mean, maybe look, that's too you know. You point out, out some inconsistency here because I remember when this thing happened, right? The the part about that really drives me crazy about Warner Brothers is the inconsistency. Yeah, because around about the same time as the first Ezra Miller incident. I cannot remember the actor's name, but the guy who played Elongated Man on, ironically oh, enough, on the Flash, the Flash yeah. show, he got straight up fired because mm -hmm. of very distasteful tweets. Because of tweets that were multiple years old, mm -hmm. and I was listen. I if that's your approach and that's your philosophy that you want to fire somebody for that, okay. But they fired a guy for tweets. Mm -hmm. But they had another one of their actors on camera being thrown out of a bar during the height of a pandemic and then grabbing a girl by the throat and they did nothing. So I w I'm fine with, with, with either approach, but to me it was like the inconsistency there. Exactly. Yeah. You're pointing out the Johnny Depp stuff. No, granted, you can make an argument that, you know, Johnny Depp had a court case that happened mm -hmm. and a court of law ruled, you're a wife beater. Mm -hmm. And okay, you can you can make that argument, but still, it seems rather inconsistent that you straight up fire Johnny Depp, but you don't even say anything about Ezra. Exactly. Miller. Well, and the tweets regarding that actor on the Flash television show were about violence proposed against women, essentially, right? Right. So this theoretical violence is more atrocious than actual violence. That's yeah. a huge inconsistency. And the the tweets, I will say, reading them were disturbing. It was very upsetting to read that. They were distasteful but, to say the least. Yes. Exactly. But obviously, all these accounts, 10 different phone calls to the police, that is very, very disturbing as well. So if we're going to do this about theoretical violence, why won't we do it for actual violence? That's that's what I can't wrap my head around. Well, it's the amount of money. That's You've got true, Fantastic so. Beasts and The Flash. You're looking at you're looking 
you're looking at a big nine figure number right there. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot. I mean, that's that's hundreds of millions of dollars. I definitely think though, moving forward, they won't use Ezra because I mean, what a liability. Think of just the insurance on your film set for having an actor who behaves this way. Just keep alcohol away from him, I think. <laughs> no, obviously. But okay, so let's let's bring it down to the bottom line here. Let's now talk about what's actually going to happen. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Yeah. I, I, I will still, st look, I, I get it. What I'm hearing now may contradict what I'm saying. And that's fine. I, I accept that. But I still stand that I believe at the end of the day, Warner Brothers will do nothing. They have a favored nation policy, apparently over there, where some people get busted for bad behaviors and others don't. And for whatever reason, they've decided that Ezra is just too big of a star for their thing to to hold them accountable for anything. What are you going to say, Ray? I, I wanted to ask something. Okay, let's say this Flash movie does come out. I'm I'm still going to watch it. I'm still interested. I'm still going to watch it. Me too. I don't know what you guys are going to watch because it's not real. <laughs> What are you guys talking about? There's no movie. You, you know, decide to snuffle up, I guess. Yeah. And watch this you, thing. You know what I would want is like, you know, Ezra, he's still young, you know, they he's are. still like doing like his thing. I really want him to realize what he has. He has a lot more than a lot of us have. And a lot of us would love to be in his shoes. Just appreciate it. Maybe, you know, know what, what's going on and either apologize to WB. It's not just WB who has has a problem it's ezra who has a problem both of them need to do something if they want to keep him on staff or whatever and have this movie come out yeah um, see i i tend to agree though with chris i think what's what ultimately is going to happen for over the next year is nothing they're going to maintain their see no evil hear no evil speak no evil nobody talk about this thing they're going to do absolutely nothing about it and then sometime after the flash they were very quietly maybe pass part ways with them but it'll yeah. be long after that so i am standing on the firm rock of Warner Brothers is going to do nothing about this. They could so, do... Uh, Rob, what do you think? They could do happen? something really... I mean, they have to do something. I think you're probably right. They're going to do nothing. I mean, but if you told me that Andy Muschietti went to the studio uh, brass and said, you know what? What if we shot a bunch of stuff with Pennywise and made this It 3? And, and I mean... Uh, to me, that would not surprise me because at this point, the kind of damage control that needs to be done, we're talking about a person that's unfortunately s needs some kind of help. I don't know what kind of help, but this is not any kind of normal behavior. Even when you're Robert Downey Jr. in the, your worst state walk or waking up in someone else's bed, that's different than having 10 calls to the police. That's different than uh, 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 having a restraining order taken out against you. Something is going on with this guy. And I, I, I want to see the studio at some point step in, and he he is a partner with them. They are business partners. And I think that Warner Brothers needs to step in and help their partner out, get the help that he needs. And, and, and possibly Warner Brothers could be going by the thing of, as long as you get to work on time, you do your thing here at work, I don't care what you do in your personal life. But that's not the world you know, we live yeah, in anymore. Yeah, but, 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 that, but that's a, this is a movie company that's... A, you know, yeah. a lot of yeah, people it's see. business. It's business. And if right. your behavior away from set hurts our business, yeah. then we should do something about it. I, I think, uh, yeah, I think at the end of the day, nothing's going to happen. Anyway, we got to we got to move on. Question is for you guys. What do you think about this? You know, I am hearing that Warner Brothers is discussing options. But what the hell does that really mean at the end of the day? I still believe they're going to do nothing about this whatsoever and maybe the strategy will work for them maybe it hasn't doesn't seem to be working out so well for them so far what do you guys think 
Two different questions. And if you're going to put in a comment, I want you to make sure you address both of these, not just one. Number one, what would you do if you were in the boardrooms of Warner Brothers? And number two, what do you think is actually going to happen? Because those could probably be two different answers. Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Guys, we want to take a second and thank one of the sponsors of this video, Stamps.com. You know, they call what I and what a lot of you guys do small business, but to us, it doesn't seem small. It's the world to us, and you can't afford to miss out on opportunities to grow and keep your customers wanting more. Because time is money. Don't waste either with repeated trips to the post office. With Stamps.com, you can skip the trip and focus on how to take your business to the next level. Stamps.com lets you print official postage right from your computer and saves you money in the process, so you can spend less time at the post office and more time making Making your customers happy. Stamps.com gives you access to all of the post office and UPS shipping services that you need right from your computer. And get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. So stop overpaying for shipping with Stamps.com. Sign up with the promo code CAMPIA for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com and click on the microphone at the top of the page and enter the code CAMPIA. And a big thank you to Stamps.com for being a sponsor of today's episode of the John Camp Show. Guys, remember, you can find links to all the sponsors and the promo codes and the special links to get you guys your discounts all down in the description of this video. Go check that out and support our sponsors because they're supporting us. All right, guys. With that all down, let's now take the rest of our time here today to listen to you guys and hear what you guys have to say Let's head on over there right now. Chris, what do we got coming up here? Well, we've got support from Connor Thorne and Paul Dog, so thank you guys very much for thank that. Thank you. From Andy, how to describe Morbius. The Joker rips off Batman. Um, I'm not quite sure I agree with that assessment, but hey, there you go. All right, what's next? Wiley Todd. Hey, crew, do you remember the movie Sahara in 2005 with Michael, uh, Matthew, Matthew McConaughey? McConaughey? Yes. Dirt not Pitt. Not a good movie, in my opinion, but I need McConaughey in those types of roles. I'm not going to lie. I kind of miss Matthew McConaughey doing these kinds of types Yeah, I feel like that movie. I I hate to say it. I kind of like I wasn't big on that one, but I there's something about McConaughey in those kinds of movies. I know he, now he's an Oscar winner and blah, blah. I wouldn't mind seeing him go back to doing that sort did, of thing, did though. Did Breck Eisner direct that movie? I honestly cannot remember. Because I, I, I think he went on and did the remake of The Crazies, which I really liked. I don't know if that's true. Really I don't remember. Sure. All right. What's next? Uh, from Seconds from Disaster. So it's obvious you refer to one of the questions to name the stream of, or mailbag, but how do you actually decide on the title? What's the Campia science? <laughs> I'm not quite sure what it is he's asking. Like out of all the mailbags, how do you decide on the main title for the mailbag? Oh, yeah. okay. Um, okay. So yeah. So look, mailbag is just like, 40, 50 questions that get sent in from you guys, the audience, right? There really is no science to it. I literally just go through and say, ah, what was the most interesting discussion? Or the most relevant. And and, and a relevant topic, right? So really, because the, the reality is we only give a couple of short minutes to each question that comes in, right? It's not like the title question is going to be discussed for 15 minutes. So really, it's just a good way for us to identify different episodes from each other so honestly it's just that it's like what was a really relevant topic and one that we had a, at least a semi-good little discussion about it 
Uh, that's just kind of it. No more rhyme or reason to it other than that. Seconds from disaster. Thanks Science. for asking the question, man. Science. <laughs> All right. What's next? From Andy again. If Matt Damon was in an adult film, I would definitely shout, Jesus Christ, it's Jason Orn. Uh, I guess I get it. Get into the boy. Well, that's that's a, that gets a boo uh, from me. Boo. boo. <laughs> What's next? From the Darman. After the last two comic book movies cracking my top 15, CBMs of all time, and No Way Home coming in at number one of all time, Morbius takes its spot at 80 out of 91. Ah, oh, well. Yeah, No Way Home. I, I You've heard me talk about No Way Home. I really enjoy No Way Home. It's not a top 10 comic book movie of all time for me. I mean, it's really entertaining and yeah, really fun. It I agree. Absolutely I agree is. with you, John. But it's it's not a top 10 combo. But that's just, to me, that's the beautiful thing about these movies. Though. We all have our different lists, and what matters most to us in these types of movies will differ from each other. And that's all great. But I will say that prior to Morbius... Man, it's been a fun time to be a comic book movie fan again because you got mm -hmm. Spider-Man No Way Home and we got the Batman, right? Personally, I think the Batman was better than Spider-Man No Way Home. That's just me. But, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed both of them a lot. So, uh, and now, tomorrow morning. Ticket watch. Ticket watch. Ooh. 6 a.m. You know what's crazy? I cleared my top spot of my top comic book movie because I'm waiting for this Blade movie and it should fit right at the top. <laughs> You're already up. making room for I it. I love the actor and I love the character. Please be good. Let's do it. All right. What's next? From MP, if Batman 2 takes place around year five, that should give enough time for classic 80s comic Batman costume gauntlets and boatmobile with same realism. I don't think so. I mean, look, one of the things that I don't think they really care about is being authentic or true to anything that's in the comics. They, they, And I've said this before, and I know people don't like it when I say it, but, you know, my job is not to say what you want me to, what you want to hear. My job is to tell you my actual thoughts. My actual thoughts on this are the filmmaker's responsibility is not to be like the comics. The filmmaker's responsibility is to make the best movie possible. So, I mean... You could, but that's irrelevant. They could they could have taken stuff from that era and put it in this movie if they want to. I really don't think that's one of the considerations on Matt Reeves' mind. Rob, what do you think about that? I completely agree with that. I mean, the 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 films look, when you're trying to create a realism in the world and you're trying to take a character like Batman, you can draw Batman with utility belts and all kinds of crazy stuff, capes and cowls and all of that. But when you translate that into three dimensions, into quote unquote the real world uh it's not the same thing and and asking to emulate a comic book character that's drawn in f uh, on a page in four colors it's it's really difficult to to ever translate what you're seeing unless it's like superman the movie that was sort of unique in the sense that that worked i mean i think that's probably the best comic book uh character that stepped off the screen that actually looks like a character that was on the page. I mean, look at Henry Cavill. That's what you have to do now. You can't, you know, behind Henry over there. Oh, that's it? You can't, you have to do something like that because otherwise it's not going to look right. And to do an 80s iteration of Batman live on camera, I don't know if you can do that and make anybody accept it. All right, what's next? Uh, some support from Robert Perez, so thank you, Robert. Thank you, Robert. John D., Hey guys, John, since Andrew is your favorite Spider-Man, what's your favorite moment in the Amazing Spider-Man series? He was incredible in Gwen's death scene. The, the Gwen death scene was so good. In, in a movie that was otherwise disappointing in many ways. And his performance. That moment, his performance is great, and that moment is completely fantastic. 
I don't know that I could pick out a single moment other than say that I think the big strength of those films are just the relationship between Peter and Gwen. Like every moment that Andrew and Emma are on screen together, they have, other than Tony and Pepper, I think the best on-screen comic book relationship, the, the chemistry, the dynamic. Of course, it didn't hurt that they became actually romantically involved off-screen as well. But, I mean, I, I, that's just the strength of it to me. So it's just his interaction with, uh, with Emma Stone. All right, what's next? From Andy, putting glass in your sandals at the start of Moon Knight is not that great. You want to impress me? Put Legos in those sandals instead. Oh, my <laughs> God. I mean, come on. Who has not who has not stepped on a Lego? Has anybody, like, that is seriously one of the most awful experiences. <laughs> like, because those things are sharp, and they're strong, and they're, mmm, no fun at all, man. No fun at all. All right, what's next? Stubble McShave. Greetings to John, the Maharaja of movie talk, <laughs> Rob, the Duke of dope discourse, Chris, the Countess of cool, and Ray, the Grand Poobah of great grub. The Grand Poobah of great, I still just like chef pleasures. Yeah. <laughs> The grand pooba of what? Great grub. Great grub. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I can't, uh, side note, when I hear the word Maharaja. Can you only think of Mulan Rouge? You think Rouge? it's Temple of... Yes, you yeah. Really? Yeah. You Yes. I, I didn't think anybody was going to get yeah. that. Wow. The Maharaja. Yeah. That's all I can think of. Whenever I hear the word Maharaja, I think of Moulin Rouge. That's I love cool. it. I'm so happy. It makes me so happy that you knew that. All right. Okay. What's next? From Bama Ham Yum, my favorite username. I channeled my inner Chris Carr on the way to work today. Damn your car engine. Oh, oh no. 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 Oh. Also, we can't say that about me anymore because I got a dope new car. So all you, electric. An electric you car. Gotta channel you me in that way, my friend. Go go out and get a new car if you can. All right, what's next? Edgar Ramos, longtime watcher and first time super chat. Thank you, Edgar. Game day. Thanks game for day. Game day. <laughs> Rob, nothing from Rob. Well, only because I, you know what? I might not be able to watch anything because I am sans TV. <gasps> oh, that's because you, so you're not all, it, I guess the moving is the one part, getting everything set up. Is yeah, moving, part. setting up. There's the moving was supposed Dude, to be done. No, no, no. Dead, dead seriousness. <laughs> Come watch it with us tonight. You we're, know we're, we're gonna get some food we're gonna get some drinks we're gonna hang out here we're gonna watch some moon night when you come join us i i might just do that i think you Ooh. really should i think you really should it's not that late this is like the show no. two hours long so come on out and join us for this <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be great come on in for the big win yes <laughs> all right what's next from caden take these reviews how you want but i'd be uh i'd bet a lot of the hate is directed towards jk and not the actual movie remove the art from the artist folks uh, but okay i want to while I did say myself, you know, I said, look, I, that there was a couple, very small number, but still a couple that I, I felt like they were talking more about that than, than the other. The reality is people who do this for a living, they're really not swayed that much by that. I, I mean, it's like they watch the movie and if they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. I know we as individuals, it is a natural reaction for us that when somebody like something that we don't like, or let's go the other way, doesn't like something that we want to like, we try to come up with an excuse. We try to come up with a reason. There's actually an external thing. They can't possibly not like this thing I'm looking forward to. No, they just really don't like it. Is there maybe 1% to 3% that maybe sometimes that becomes a bigger issue at play? Hey, we're all human, so I'm sure maybe there is. But I'm also, again, just because I know so many of these people, that is a very, very, very small percentage. 
you know, like there's, there's a lot of actors who do things I don't like, but I still really like the movies they're in depending on whatever. And I think most people are like that too. So, uh, it's part of the conversation. There's no way around that, but I, I really don't think that's, that's, I don't think to quote vision. I don't think there's any causality here. I really don't think there's a general causality, but that's just my take on it. All right. Thanks a lot for writing that in, Caden. All right. What's next? From I love you more than my kids. That's wise. That's wise. <laughs> what did Mr. Spock find in Captain Kirk's toilet? The captain's log. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's one we've never heard before. That's first time I've right never here. heard that before. First Come time on, right here, baby. No, I've never heard it before. Yeah, Ray liked that's it. good. <laughs> All right. what? As wrong? soon as I say boo, Ray's like. <laughs> oh, no. That's funny. <laughs> captain's log. Split that log. <laughs> Turn around and split that log with your pee. You peeing, Raymond? That's it's, an intense. That's later. It's later in the show. Don't ask me about my toilet games. That's for after dark. <laughs> wow, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, by the way, speaking of Star Trek, the Picard. <laughs> the Picard. Please don't follow up. People my... are telling me in the chat the Picard teaser just came out for the next season. For you mean the next, next episode season? or next episode? Okay. People are thought. Oh yeah, next episode. The Picard. You know. All right. Anyway, let's keep going. I thought you were going to split What's that. Next? From Matt, you officially have me excited for Ambulance, John. All their box office is from your show. I, I mean, I don't know how I got excited. I'm not particularly excited I for it. I kind of am. I mean, so Aaron and I are going to go watch it. Oh, my gosh. I'm so, Aaron and I are going to go watch it tonight uh, at Universal. I love going to Universal, so that's okay. good. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Aaron and I will do an out-of-the-theater reaction tonight, how it is. I know she's excited for it, but, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not thinking it's going to be a big bag of crap. I, I just have a hard time, especially after Six Underground. It's hard for me to get to invest in, and, and I'm a Michael Bay guy. I am a Michael Bay guy. But, uh, I don't know, the trailers for this didn't don't really do it for me. But we'll find out. We'll find out. All right, what's next? All right, from Andy. If I have a girlfriend and she breaks up with me at an AMC theaters and that heartbreak feels awful, can I sue AMC theaters for false advertising? Yes. Um, first of all, I, I wish I'm trying to find a legal precedent with my legal background to try to find a way just to sue AMC, get an injunction put against them to stop them from playing that damn fucking ad. Can we please stop? I'm here. You don't have to ask me to come to AMC theaters. I'm here. It's so it's so irritating, especially, especially when I just sat through 28 minutes of fucking trailers waiting for my movie to start. And finally, you play the final trailer. I mean, in those 30 minutes, though, I'm like, shit, where am I? Yes. Oh, an AMC. Yes, I always oh, okay. forget. I, by that time? time, I always forget what movie am I here to see again? Yeah. I cannot remember this. Okay. Anyway, okay, finally, finally, the last trailer's over. And then you see those damn high-heeled shoes stepping into a puddle or something. And Nicole Kidman, goddess among humans, absolute goddess among humans is, is, is she. But I'm just stop. Stop playing the ad telling me to come to AMC theaters where I'm already in the damn fucking theater. Stop it. Just stop. Don't do it anymore. Desist. Cease. Anyway, it's really irritating me. And I know 
I know I'm going to have to sit through that damn thing again tonight mm -hmm. and tomorrow and Thursday when I see Sonic. Anyway, yes, let's find get a, some kind of legal avenue to stop this madness. All right, what's next? All right, from Jay Bling. After SNL did short-ass movie, Netflix actually decided to put a section for such movies. Oh, did they really? Okay. By the way, I, we talked about it yesterday. I sent it to you guys. Oh, my did God. Did you see that yeah. SNL skit? So obviously, look, it, there's no getting around it. Somebody at SNL watches the John Campia show and are fans of Rayora because <laughs> that video was completely made for Rayora. It, well, I couldn't believe it. When if you, you guys haven't seen it yet, you got to look up short ass movie so SNL. It's on really good. It's a really good song. It's a number one song. It's a good episode as a whole. Good references. Great. All right, what's next? From Aaron Stanwood, this super chat is for Chris because she keeps name dropping my favorite musical, Repo the Genetic Opera. Oh, cool, Aaron. That's awesome. Here's a funny thing. I, I was mm, trying to decide how I can say this. Uh-oh. Let's, let's just say I was associated with somebody who is... You know what? You know what? I, I'm just not gonna say anything. Yeah, let's filter. Not I'm not. I'm not gonna spill the tea as you sip your tea. I, I'll tell you guys off. I want to know things at the end of the I'll, show. I'll tell you guys off camera. Mm. There, this, this is a little something scandalous. Ooh. A little scandalous okay. pertaining to that movie and whatever. But I'll save that for off camera. I won't add it publicly. Like All right. What's next? From Phil L. Rob, happy first contact day. Thank oh, you. It's go. nice to have some Star Trek support. Only 41 more years until contact with the Vulcans. I know. I it's mean, that's so right far away. I plan on being here. Right around when the Flash is going to come out. Yeah. It's going to be great. Oh. <laughs> well, what if the Vulcans land and it's a, it's somebody that looks just like Ezra Miller and that was, I mean. <laughs> it's it's a harbinger of things. Yeah. He kind of looks like a Vulcan. He'd be a good yeah. Vulcan. All right, what's next? From Big D Studios Entertainment, one of three. Hey, John, granted some Marvel films and shows are bigger hits than others. What uh, SMH is, though? SMH? Shake my head? Yeah. What shakes? What makes me shake my head is, though, that some DC characters are lovable. Why can't DC stick to one actor and be successful with him or her? Do, 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 do. Then they would... Uh, then they wonder why they fail more often. I could be wrong, but I think that's partly uh, Marvel. Ha why Marvel has more success. And okay, oh, there, there we is. go. Uh, who do you blame for something like that? Production, studio, director. Keep up the great work. Thanks for your time. P.S. Seeing Ambulance Friday. Uh, big JG fan. I'll let you know. Jake Gyllenhaal fan. I'll let you know my thoughts. Enjoy Aliens, Rob. I'm not going to lie. I'm not completely sure what it is Big D's asking. He's asking, like, um, since Marvel keeps, like, usually the same actors and we get attached to them, do you think that's why DC is a part of the reason why DC is not successful no. because they, oh, they're constantly changing their main superheroes. Yeah, no, because they're not. What changes have they done? Like, uh, we haven't had a replacement for Henry Cavill yet. Well, we, we've had three jokers though. <laughs> like in like a short, like, I, I mean, one after the I mean, other. Like, I mean, here's the thing, like Marvel comes out of the gate and they're successful. Marvel comes out of the gate and people like and enjoy the Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man and they like and enjoy Chris Evans as Captain America and they like and enjoy Chris Hemsworth as Thor and they like and enjoy Scarlett Johansson, whatever, and, and their, their movies work. DC comes out of the gate and they don't. All, all due respect, 
to the great H.C., to Henry Cavill back there. All due respect. He, it's one of the greatest comic book films of all time. Everybody knows I adore that movie. But all due respect, it doesn't matter that I adore it. The reality is the reception to that was very divided. It had, let's say, marginal success at the box office did not get the love from the audience. To this day, whenever I talk about the greatness of Man of Steel, I'm inundated with responses. Man of Steel sucks! And that's fine. If you didn't like Man of Steel, you didn't like Man of Steel. That's totally cool. But that's, that had nothing to do with them. Oh, they just kept Henry. Well, no, they did keep Henry, and he kept doing them, and people just failed to see the glory of Henry Cavill as Superman. That had nothing to do with whether they kept him or removed him or something like that. So, unfortunately, no. See, that would only make sense... If Marvel and DC both launched their movies and they had the equal amount of success and they had the equal amount of success, equal amount of success, and then DC started changing some actors out and then DC started to drop off. That's not what happened. DC came out way slower out of the gate, was never able to catch up ground with Marvel. And it is what it is. So really character changes had nothing to do with I, it. I will say I, I am attached to like, let's say Chris Evans playing Captain America. It'll be hard for me to welcome another Captain America in the future because, like, I, I was attached to that actor playing that role. But I don't feel anything like that for any of the DC um, um, characters with their actors. It's same with Robert Downey Jr. Like, he's attached to Iron Man for I me. I mean, so. I do for Henry Cavill as Superman. I do for Ben I, Affleck as Batman. All but, right. But, you know, they're going to have to move on. And by the way, so Marvel is changing. Chris Evans isn't Captain America anymore. Nope. Robert Downey Jr. isn't Iron Man anymore. We'll see how that they'll, goes then. They'll both be back. But, uh, but you know, though, in, in Scarlett Johansson isn't Black Widow anymore. Yeah. yeah. But in the case of what Marvel's doing, it's within continuity within right. the film. Sure. Yeah. So, right. and, and with DC. Yes, ma'am. No. Oh, and within. Right. Uh, within continuity, um, I think that, uh, it, it, you know, we're seeing. Now we're seeing that Batman, Robert Pattinson, is. I think like the Nolan movies, he's going to be in a trilogy of films that's about that iteration of Batman. There is no wider universe that he's supposed to participate in, so I would not expect to see him playing Batman in another iteration of, say, uh, like another Flashpoint movie. All right. Uh, before we keep going on and finish off with all your questions, guys, we are going to go to one more sponsor today, the good folks over at Viore. Guys, we want to take a minute and thank a sponsor of today's video, Viore. Now, you know, Ann and I like to work out and train several days a week. But the thing is, I want to be comfortable and not look like a slob at the same time. And I often have a hard time finding something that does both. But Viore... Everything is designed to work out in, but it doesn't look or feel like it's made to be worked out in. It is so comfortable. You will want to wear this stuff all the time. Now, you guys know I like some flexibility and versatility in the clothes that I wear, but that's where Viore comes in. See, it can be used for just about any activity like running, training, swimming, yoga, but it's also great just for lounging around or going out on the weekends in. For example, take the men's core shorts. These are the most comfortable and one of the best looking pairs of shorts that you can own. And they're versatile. One pair of shorts for just about every sport that you can play. Or take the men's Sunday performance jogger. These pants are perfect for lounging around in or going out for a good run. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our viewers, they are offering 20% off your very first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash campia. That's V-U-O-R-I 
dot com slash campia not only will you receive 20 percent off your first purchase but enjoy free shipping on any u.s orders over 75 dollars and free returns go to viore.com slash campia and discover the versatility of viore clothing and a big thank you to the folks at viore for sponsoring this episode of the john campia show absolutely the most comfortable pair of track pants i've ever owned in my life all right Let's now finish off here, guys, and keep going through the rest of your questions. What do we have up here next? Next, we are going to uh, MP. Hey, John, Rob, Chris, and Ray, I am psyched for that Star Trek, the motion picture in May. Yeah. Anyway, do you guys usually use a delivery app for food, or do you like to cook? Both. Uh, honestly, like, the thing is, Ann and I both work full-time and we're often both work right through when dinner time and so then when we're both finally free like if we're both done and free like around five or six o'clock then we'll go okay let's cook uh and that's when i love using things like HelloFresh and yeah. things like that who are sponsors of this show by the way mm -hmm. um but you know if it's like one of us isn't done till like 7 30 it's like all right off to lazy dog we go or off to you know, um, Chili's or off to wherever, uh, then we just hop in the car and go somewhere. What do you, what are you guys? I cook everything myself. Oh, um, I know that. Yeah, I love doing that. Um, the meal packs, I'm always like, don't you talk down to me. Um, but <laughs> that being said, I also live next to a Trader Joe's. So when I also have those nights where I don't get done teaching or doing auditions till eight, I can walk over there and get something pre-made. But if you're interested in learning how to cook, there's a really, really great app from the guys over at Sorted. I love their cooking channel. Um, and they do something called Sidekick, and it helps you eliminate food waste, walks you step-by-step -step through how to cook something. There's timers. It's fantastic. By the way, also, you can go on Masterclass, yes. another sponsor of the John Campus Show, and check out, including Chef Ramsay's got some stuff on there, like a whole bunch of cooking Learn stuff. Learn how to debone a chicken. It is transformative <laughs> can you do it have you tried i've started to and failed since you mentioned that on this show i gotta tell you mm -hmm. i have some i've got a fascination to try it all right we gotta do it we gotta do it all we'll right do one together what's next all right from uh john d hey guys love the show so much in honor of the late great taylor hawkins any interest in watching studio 666 by the way rob is the freaking man we we listen when the trailer for studio 666 came out we were all like oh my god this looks awesome i gotta check it out but i never did get around to it so i yes i absolutely still 100 percent want to watch it i thought the trailer looked hilarious and i do want to see it have any of you guys had a chance no to but i yet? really want to see it i, yeah, want, I want to see it, it i think so we much. all want to see it all i'll right, probably just next? buy the physical media disc you know from Leo Liang, uh, finally watch Morbius. It's a film that existed. It's a movie. <laughs> it's a movie. It's a movie. It's definitely a movie with a beginning, a middle, and an end, some credits and stuff. Totally a movie. All right, what's next? Uh, from Milo, flying to Toronto tomorrow. Nice. Going to do all the typical tourist stuff, but do you have any hidden gems? Uh, honestly, I'm not the, the person to give you that because I have not like actively hung out in Toronto in 10 years. Uh, it's just been too, so I could tell you some places, but I don't even know if those places exist anymore. Um, I have not been home to see my family, thanks COVID, um, for two and a half years. I was supposed to go home to see my family last week, but then everything started to happen with the signing the lease of a new studio space and all that kind of stuff. And we had a whole bunch of sponsor stuff, so I had to delay that trip again. I've not seen my fucking mom in like two and a half years. I haven't seen my mom or dad. I haven't seen my my sisters, my brother, my nieces and nephews. It's getting, I love living down here, I do, don't get me wrong, but damn, I'm looking forward to the day that I can just move back home. Uh, it's just, it's just, cause I'm- What are we gonna do? I'm a mama's boy. 
I miss my mom. Aww. Hey, I, I miss will, my mom. I will say Canada still has Toys R Us, baby. They do. They do have still Toys R Us. And one thing Bravery really liked about that. All right. What's next? Uh, from Tyler Pfeiffer. Uh, thoughts on the Justified sequel series with Timothy Oliphant returning to ooh swagger across the screen? Never watched Justified. Me neither. And I, and I love need Timothy Oliphant. I love Timothy Oliphant. I've never watched Justified. And it sounds like a show that's right up my alley, but I've never seen it. You haven't seen it either. I watched it? a few. I didn't watch it religiously, but the, you know, it's one of those shows where I caught it and I was like, this is really good. I didn't quite know everything that was going on, but he was great in it. Is his whole career now about having his old shows resurrected again? Because Westwood <laughs> did it. Now Justified's doing it again. I, you remember I, the movie Go that Doug Lyman directed after oh, Swingers? That was forever, forever ago. ago. Yeah. He was in that. And the big green, the big light, like a yeah. uh, stoplight, was the, the big yeah, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I really like that movie. I own that oh movie. God, I haven't watched it in it's ages. Been a long time since I watched that. <laughs> I'm gonna go watch it. All right, what's next? Gary Madigan, congrats on the office, John. You've come a long way. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I remember. When I walked, because Rob, you were with me the first time, and Ray, Ray, you were there too, when we went to go look at this office back in January. That's how long this has been in process. So back in January, we first walked into that place. And it's a little overwhelming because it's a big space. Yeah. But I remember walking in, and I wrote about this on my Facebook the other day, thinking, I remember back in the AMC and Collider days and walking into space they'd give us and think to myself, well, this is never something I could do on my own. I could never get to a point where we had like a staff that the corporation pays for and actual studio space that a corporation pays for. This is not something I could ever do on my own. And then when we walked into that space, there, there was something about just knowing, knowing it was a possibility. Um, I'm not going to lie. It's a really fucking good feeling. It's a, there's a really good feeling. And, you know, we just came off our biggest month ever, March, we had 7.2 million views in March. That's the, by far the biggest month we've ever had. I don't expect April to be the same size. It was but me. It was, I mean, yeah, it was, it was me. You know, and, job, and Chris bro. and Ray. Oh, yay. Yeah. And of course you. And everything. But we have been on this upward growth trajectory for a while now. And to... I bet now that not we, Ezra Miller it. <laughs> now that it's kind of becoming a reality and like sign the lease on the space and we're moving in, it's like... You know what, guys? You don't need a corporate overlord to do what you want to do. Because uh, this is an overused phrase, but it really applies here. If I can do it, you better believe you can do it too. And, and your thing may not be getting a studio space or whatever, but whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish or do, if this fucking loser doing a YouTube channel in his garage can do something like this, you can do what you want to do too. John, so I, have to, that. I have to add to that. I believe next week is my seventh anniversary on youtube the oh, first time i was really? the first time i was ever on youtube was in april of 2015 on the sixth episode of collider heroes i still remember your first and episode guess who i was on youtube with for the very first time i was on youtube this guy is me john oh, campia and john schnepp began my youtube career seven years ago i don't know the i have to look to see the exact date but it was the sixth episode it was amc heroes then Yep. I don't think it, it was, was Collider Heroes. No, it was yet. still AMC Heroes at the mm. time. Yep. And that I believe it was my, the red set. Then we the turned it green. <laughs> I believe that it's my anniversary with you is next week. Seven Aww, years. What Seven are you guys years. gonna do for we each other? We should go see Chef Rigo. Yeah, we, we should, Chef man. Rigo. We gotta go see Chef Rigo. We gotta do that soon. All right. Uh thanks for that. I appreciate that very much, Gary. All right, what's next? Uh from Elizabeth Rado. It's game day, Rob. 
Gay gay. gay. At least that's one positive for today. Damn right. And I'm I'm dead serious. You got to come over tonight. Come watch this with us. I actually it would work out well because you know what tonight is. Tonight is when the dogs officially move. Oh, for good. Because the they've been so now. disrupted, and all this moving has driven them. Little Sebastian. Little, oh my. Sebastian. Uh, wait a minute. Did you literally, honestly, name the puppy Sebastian? Yeah. Is 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 Penny that a Parks and Rec thing? No. Uh, I'm bye. calling him Little Sebastian. Elizabeth, Sebastian. Elizabeth wanted to have, if she ever had a son, she wanted to name him Sebastian. So now we have uh-huh. Gilbert, Tallulah, and Sebastian. If you look at them, they're all color coded, so they look like coffee so sebastian's the most cinnamon coffee and then Tallulah's a little less and then gilbert's more coffee with a lot of milk and I, i'm like did you plan this is this she's an artist i put sebastian on my instagram feed so check him out he doesn't even look real all right what's next from mark hansen uh grats on the expansion and success crew thank you i have followed you and your shows longer than most tv shows which is crazy <laughs> excelsior it is funny how many people write in and say like i get this like you just got it again last night somebody writing and said you know i damn it i watch your show more than i watch your youtube channel more than i watch netflix it's like wow that's, i mean thank you man like that's an awesome thing to say so thank you so much for that all right what's next all right, from Seconds from Disaster. Rob, congrats on the move and congrats to the whole crew in the new studio. Glad to be on the journey with all of you. Best live stream on YouTube. And I, listen, as somebody who's moved a lot the last number of years, I have not envied you. That, Dude, that's it's, the whole it's, process. I hate the process. It's even not, it's, it was so nice to get everything out of the house. Yeah, that's a good feeling. Um, we're not quite, and then we still got to deal with the landlords and stuff and get it all. But it's moving is terrible. Yep. Hate, hate, And especially hate when you have like 2,000 omnibuses. It's really awful. Yeah. Actually, I'm curious. Have you, Ray, ever moved? When's the last time you moved? Because back in 93 from, 93. it was just from down the street, though. It was like okay. all across the railroad track. So not really from like a city to a different city. Man, I hate moving. I hate moving so much. All right. I hated moving the furniture just to paint the inside of the house where you just have to move it into another room yeah, again yeah <laughs> that even sucks. so Dude. weird all right what's next from adam mooney hey john did you check out the new outer range trailer from amazon prime today looks interesting with thanos himself josh brolin starring i have not even heard of it i saw a trailer for that like this weird like religious branding it looks great it's called again outer range outer range Hmm. All right, I'll check it, it out. Looks it's Amazon Prime. I like Josh Brolin, so I'll check that out. Thank you for putting that on my radar, Adam. Appreciate that, man. All right, what's next? Kevin Joyce, Severance is sublime. At the moment, best show on TV, in my opinion. Well, I don't know if I'd say it's the best show on TV, but it does have me interested. Like, I, I, I'm not wowed by it every week, but I'm always like, oh, damn, I got to watch next week. Like, it's, it's such an interesting concept for a show. Ben Stiller does a great job directing that thing. All right, what's next? All right, from Attack of the Mushi. Rob, are you picking up Moon Knight Volume 1? Uh, the new, the Moon Knight Black and, it's Black, White, and Red or something, the new one. I have not picked that up yet because I wait for the yeah. collected hardcovers, but I'm absolutely going to. All right, what's next? Blake62, congrats on the new studio. No offense to prior iterations, but this is the best crew you've had. Here's to continued success. Well, you know, listen, honestly, I... I have been so uh, fortunate in my career to work with some really, really good people. I ain't going to be facetious. I've also worked with some dead weight, but I have been very fortunate 
to work with currently happening right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's our current status. (laughs) But no, in in seriousness, I, I have worked with some really fantastic, wonderful people. And, you know, this is always an evolving thing, right? And um, it, it will it continue to evolve into the future. But, yeah, I, I've always been really lucky, and particularly now. Like, I just, I honestly, every day that I wake up, knowing that we're going to do the show together, it's it gets me out of bed. I'm like, yeah, got to run there, get ready. I'm going to get the stuff ready because we're going to have a fun time doing the show today. And it's a really enjoyable it's pretty down. I'm not going to yeah. lie. It's pretty fun. It's yeah. so fun. It has a lot of fun doing this. So, And you guys make it fun for us to be here. So thank you for that. All right. What's next? From Kelsey Channel. New name, The Fellowship of the Screen. Oh. Uh, no, probably not. But yeah. I, I love the attempt at the Lord of the Rings reference there. Always appreciate that, Kelsey. Appreciate you, Kelsey. All right. What's next? Peter Cunnington. Amy Schumer was going to tell a joke about Alec Baldwin and Rust, but the Academy said no. Yeah. That's I mean, and, and you know what? I, I read the joke. It's like... Well, that wasn't even funny. So, like, if you're going to do something edgy, you got to make sure it's funny. If you just do something edgy and it falls flat, then it becomes controversy. Yeah. If you do something edgy but people laugh, then it's a great joke. So, yeah, I, I think it was probably a good one for it to, to ditch on. All right, what's next? Jedediah Elias, get Anne her own console, John, because a brand new Monkey Island game returned to Monkey Island. <laughs> This year, new trailer. Wow. Did they now. just announce that? Yeah, yeah and a trailer. Oh my god, that I, series is so good. I only heard about this morning. You got first, okay. So what, Jed? By the way, uh, no E on end. By the way, Jed and I. But um, you, you guys understand. Like my wife loves Monkey Island, and when I when I discovered I was going through when I signed up for PlayStation Now, I was going through a bunch of the, the old titles, the archive titles, and like Monkey Island Two was there, and it's like what. And it instantly got downloaded, and she started playing Monkey Island 2 right back at it again. And Ray started telling me the stories. Oh, my God, John, you have no idea. Like, she was played this all what, the time. What's the main character name? Third Whip? Third Whip? I don't know. Whatever Third the Whip pirate. or something like that? <laughs> Captain Third Whip or some, something like that. But Ray's like, John, she just play it all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I cannot wait to tell. I hope I'm the first one to tell her. She's off at the office right now. Mm-hmm. But I hope I'm the first one to tell her about this because she's going to be so damn excited. All right, what's next? From Suthius, technologically advanced human ancestors built flying megastructures to travel through space. They ended up being wiped out by AI AI nanorobots. Did I just describe Stargate SG-1 or Moonfall? (laughs) Ooh. That sounds good. I should see it. And and therein lies the importance of execution. Yes. It ain't about the concept. It's about execution. It always, always is. That's a very good life lesson there, Chris. Thank you for bringing that I, in. I, I pre-ordered Moonfall. Hey, hold on. Is, 4K. Is Moonfall right. on one of the streaming apps right now? It's on Netflix, I think. Is it? Is I it think on Netflix it is. already? I think it I is. I am re-watching Guys that. in the live I'm chat, can you confirm it. that for us and let us know? Is it on... Uh, Somebody told me that. I don't know if it's true. I could be wrong. <laughs> I, I got to say what. I am very excited about never watching Moonwatch again. <laughs> Moon, uh, like Moonfall <laughs> again. Moonwatch. 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 That sounds great. completely different. All right, what's next? Uh, from Isaac, for Rob, I've never gotten to Star Trek because of the sheer amount of shows that have come out. Can you give me a guide into how to get into Star Trek? Well, the real answer to that is just the original series. Well, you know, here's the thing. I, <laughs> I, I, I yes, that is a, that is the right answer, John. People ask me this all the time, and I'm going to make uh, my definitive list of Star Trek how you a Star Trek primer, where <gasps> where you can watch from all the sh- all the shows that end in 2005. A Star Trek primer of what you need to watch to understand 
Star Trek. So it's not everything. There's a way to come up to speed. And mm. I'm going to do that because I get asked this question at least five times a week. Why don't you do it? I'm going to. Yeah. All right. I promise. That's something you are uniquely positioned to do. Mm -hmm. All right. What is next? Medicated movie reviews. You have a five-gallon bottle and a three-gallon bottle and need to measure out exactly four gallons. Go. That is uh, Die Hard 3. And good Lord, I cannot remember the solution to it. I cannot remember the solution to and it. And you have, you have Sam Jackson. No, 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 no. You know, wait. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just pour out the... I, I can't remember the solution yeah. to it, but that's a Die Hard 3 thing. I, I mean, whenever I hear that, I, you know what I hear? Uh, uh, the solution is, and take back one Kadam for the Hebrew God whose Ark this is. Is that Salah? That's from the, the guy who, who has the, the Ark, yes. you know, because he doesn't... Tote only has one side of the Ark. So whenever I have a problem to solve... You just go to that. I go to that. That's your go-to. And... All right, what's next? From Ismail Montoya. Hey, guys, I went to see the main event at the movies right now. Morbius! Morbius! You know what? I loved it. I mean, it's the best thing. Yeah, right, it sucked. Oh, oh he didn't like it either. But you know what? The funny thing is, let me just bring this up He's here. He's the cookie man right there. See. Uh, Morbius, right? Rotten so. Tomatoes. Right now, uh, Morbius on Rotten Tomatoes, it has gone from 15% to 16. Wow. It's gone up. Going up, heading towards that hundred and five percent, but it's still it's now got twenty five hundred verified audience reviews, and it's holding at seventy percent. Coming for Morbius, baby! I'm okay. coming for you. Uh, it's funny that Morbius became notorious since Morbius. It came out. <laughs> -na 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 -na. All right, what's next? All right, from Al Renshaw. I like the idea of Starfleet HQ. Hashtag I stand with Rob. Yeah, well, you can sit with Rob, too, because that ain't happening. <laughs> oh, damn. That okay. ain't happening. Dang. All right, what's next? Chef Rigo. Chef Rigo. Chef Rigo. Chances of Lethal Weapon 4 for Movie Club? It's by mm. far the best of the franchise. By the way, Rob, give Ray the Godfather game already. LOL. Um, <sighs> I agree. It is the best. I think it's the 4 is the best. That's the one it's with so Jet fun. Li and, like, one of the most unbelievable endings where <laughs> where these two old cops are like, okay, let's go fight Jet Li. We can take him together. No, you couldn't. But still, whatever. <laughs> I, I agree. It is my absolute favorite of the franchise. What's your favorite of the franchise? Oh, probably two. Two's great. Well, I, I only remember watching one, and I only remember one part where there's there there's a whole bunch of money, and he says to take some for himself. He tell, Mel Gibson tells Danny Glover, hey, go ahead and take a stack of money for yourself. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making this up. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't, you know, I've, I own them. I have the box set. I haven't watched those movies in forever. I'll let what? you watch them, Rob. <laughs> four. Four, yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah, four is my favorite. All right, yeah. what's next? From MP, I hear DK Metcalf eats four bags of candy in I a day. I read this. I wonder if it's the unreal candy that Tom Brady eats. That has more protein and less sugar. Oh, that yeah, so, so DK Metcalf, who is the freaking human flash, um... I read this article the other day. He eats like four bags of candy and like one meal a day. I'm like, all right, okay, all right. How do I subscribe to this diet? Yeah. And, and how do you look like that? And how? Well, I'll tell you how he looks like that. He does the kind of exercise that burns six thousand calories a day. I mean, that's oh, how yeah. he looks like that. Let's I mean, let's cut that powder out of it. I'm all in, baby. Yeah. That's why, like, more than almost any other kind of athlete, like basketball players, when they retire. Like they, a lot of them will balloon in weight really quickly because they've gone like eight, nine, ten years of eating a certain way because they are like burning 
thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of calories a day. And all of a sudden they're not doing that kind of exercise, but they still eat the way they've yeah. always eaten. And then all of a sudden their, their body weight goes up. It's, uh, I, I can't even imagine. That is crazy the way Metcalf is eating. All right, what's next? From Connor Lee. Hello, I want to get into reading the Moon Knight comics. Where should I start? Uh, I always tell everybody this. A Moon Knight omnibus recently came out, came out that has some of the Werewolf by Night stuff, the Hulk backups, and then the first bit of the Sienkiewicz, Doug Mensch run. It's a great starting point. But it's not a great starting point for the Moon Knight that you're watching now. Yeah, I don't know if, if that there makes is in the comics a good starting yeah, point to it's, watch the it's, show. I mean, the dissociative identity disorder thing came, I think Jeff Lemire, was, yeah. it, it was, that was where it started. Well, I, I think, too, it depends on which writer you want, right? Right. you could go Bendis, you could go Lemire, and yeah. see who you like more. Yeah. If you're, like, really into Lemire's... See, um, to me, I mean, Moon Knight was this romantic, noir character. Mm-hmm. This Batman-esque character. That's what I liked about him. It was like watching a noir movie, and, and the iteration we're watching now is not that. All right, what's next? From Moist Fruity Pebble Nippy Nipples. <laughs> All right. The oh. Ray Aura Hour. Ray is the heart and soul of the show. <laughs> I, I think oh, it's safe to say Ray is the, if not the spine, he's the heartbeat. <laughs> you know what, though? I would watch, I would watch a Ray Aura Hour show. I mean, can you imagine? I, I would just love to hear you opine on random stuff. I would probably be off air. I, I would watch that. I think it'd be pretty funny. I have some random thoughts. I don't know. It just may may not make sense. It would be funny because the show could be the Ray Aura Hour, but it would only be a 30-minute show. Yeah. You know, because you have to go sleep for the Yeah, yeah. multiverse of madness. This is the real. I'm the real <laughs> multiverse of madness, baby. All right. What's next? Brooks Kirk. John, I'm making a Crow remake. Care to cameo? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so's everybody. Yeah. And they'll never happen. <laughs> I still don't believe it. That should be the new name of the studio. There we the go. Crow. The Crow. No, it should just be called The Crow Remake. <laughs> the Crow Remake. Something's going to happen. Maybe someday. All right, what's next? Uh, for Taki 75, the three scourges of modern cinema are, one, the shaky cam. Yes. Two, the pitch black cinematography. Yes. Three, the frantic hundred cuts per second editing. Yeah, it's... I, I can't disagree with that. Like, And that's why watching Batman was so good. Like, look, there's a difference between camera movement and shaky camera. There's a difference. And, like, you just go and watch Snake Eyes. It's like, how can you blow ninjas fighting? How do you blow that? I mean, I remember watching Snake Eyes, and I won't go off my half-hour diatribe about Snake Eyes, but I go into Snake Eyes so excited because I want to see ninjas. And they have this fight where where Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow are fighting like a hundred different guys. And all you can do is hear the banging and oofing and clanging because you can't see shit. Because the camera's doing this the whole time. It's like I, I heard some punches land, I heard some swords hit each other. No idea what's going. You watch Batman, the camera's and movement so often, but it's moving to give the audience the ability to take in the action on the screen. Mm-hmm. Big difference, and I, I totally agree with you, Taki. Those are three of the big blights on cinema today. All right, what's next? Another from Tyler Pfeiffer. I also wanted to ask, any chance we could get a Lord of the Rings movie club? 1,000%. Yeah, and, and that'll probably be done as a series. We'll probably do those three back-to-back, but a 
thousand percent we will be doing the Lord of the Rings films. I no can't wait to see Ray survive that the one. Longest movie club. Longest movie clubs. They're going to be great. I cannot. Maybe we should do that next. Yeah, I, 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 do it all three in one night. <laughs> short ass movie. That's our next show, Ray or a short ass movie club. That's actually that would be. We should the do best that like ninety minute movies like ever once made once a month. Yeah, the Ray or a short ass movie, movie club. Short ass movie club. Ninja Turtles. Here we go. All right, what's next? From Yaslo, have you seen Severance? Thoughts? Yeah, we've talked about it a lot yeah. on the show. It's really it's intriguing so and interesting, very small mm-hmm. scale. And the last cliffhanger of the last episode was the best cliffhanger they've had so the, far. So, so good. Does this show, is this show a little creepy to you in the beginning? Yes. Yeah. I, I was creeped out a little bit. It just gets more creepy There's nobody yeah. around. It felt like it was just him or yeah. Well, I'm going to continue it. It's particularly creepy if you have worked in a corporate setting, too, because as outlandish as some of these things are, you're like, that is a thousand percent corporate culture. Yeah. That is absolutely the parties, the jargon. Oh, mm. who's ready for a melon party? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should do in here. One day we're going to have a waffle party. Oh, my gosh. Dude, I have to tell you, I was hired once by Nike. They had like a corporate retreat in Huntington Beach, and I was there for a weekend filming people, filming and... It was the jargon and all the way they talk to each other. It kind of freaked me out, too. Like, mm-hmm. for real, I'd never been around that before. I'm like, it's all team building. And I'm like, I don't belong here. But People they paid well. It was a like fun job. Times. It's weird. Freakiest thing I ever saw, though, was, and I don't know if this is real or true or how real, or, or maybe it's true in some locations, but like Walmart people have to start the day with like a cheer and a chant. I'm like, that feels Oh, that a lot doesn't of, feel culty at all. They, we like, did that at uh, Best Buy. Yeah, Best Buy does a little. It's like a little, not a cheer, but you know, it's like a group roundup. See, and, and if they choose to cheer, demoralizing. Yeah, we had a song at Flying Horseshoe Ranch Summer Camp. Mm-hmm. We sang well, that every day. Ca- I could see that. That's all right, cute. all right. What's next? Uh, from Leo Yang. Congrats on the new office. Can't be a crew. Twenty dollars super chat. Too, thank by the you, way. Leo. Um, thank you for keeping me sane every morning. Oh, thank you so much for that, man. And yeah, we're really. And look, I'm I'm gonna let you guys know right now. Okay, straight up, I'm gonna let you know. The new studio. If you're thinking, oh man, this new studio is gonna look so good, it's gonna look like shit. I'm just, I'm just gonna tell you right now. Wait, what? It will look like crap because I am not a designer, nor can I afford a designer. It's it's gonna be. Some desks and chairs and us is just going to give us the space that fact checker Jonathan can start controlling the cameras and I can sit somewhere else and it's just going to give us some flexibility. It ain't going to look great. All right? You run a contest, gonna... have viewers design a set and we'll go build it. We could never build the set though. That's the thing. They well, it'd be, be funny set... to see what that version of it would look like. I mean, like. that's that's true. <laughs> that, probably a lot of not safe for work material. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just a heads up to everybody in advance. The sets will look like crap, but it's going to be more conducive to us doing the shows that we want to you know do. we could make it look like i'm just going to throw this out one more time starfleet headquarters could look good you got thirty five thousand dollars we can uh, build that set yeah, we'll with? do like a like a backdrop it'll be yeah, easy, no, it'll I, don't, be easy. I, I don't think so i don't think so and they have that little background ambient noises oh dude that'd be so cool come on star trek show yeah all right what's next awesome from never lose your nerd i won't watch flash with ezra miller in it i look listen I, I I can understand. I can. Because, I mean, if, um, uh, what's his name? House of Cards boy. Why am I freezing? Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. If Kevin Spacey put out a new movie tomorrow, I don't know that I could watch it. I don't know that I could watch it. Um, so no judgment for me. 
what I try, what I would say though is just do try to remember that the movie is made by thousands of people. Um, and Ezra Miller is just an actor. He's, he's a guy who's playing a role. And, you know, Andy Muschietti, he didn't do anything wrong, as far as we know. Uh, the other people involved in the film didn't do anything wrong. But, again, I, I don't want to be hypocritical. I get it. This, there are sometimes some people, whether there's it's rational or not, that he's like, you know what? I see that person, and I just can't get into it if I see that person. I respect that. I will, like... I obviously don't like the type of behavior we're hearing Ezra Miller's getting involved in. I will still be able to watch the movie. But again, I have people that I wouldn't be able to watch. So, yeah, I get it. I really do. All right, what's next? Uh, from Fifi, to quote Jenny Carson, so did you hear? Ezra Miller is in the news again. <laughs> was that a Carson way of saying? That was me trying to be Carson. <laughs> uh, did he, uh, like, what was that thing you had, that Swami character? He oh, used to yeah, do? and he'd put the card up and do the... He'd give the question first and then mm -hmm. read the... Yeah, that's right. All right, what's next? Uh, Cincinnati's five-star barber! Yeah! With an almost $20 super chat. Oh, thank, thank you, Cincy. Uh, what's up, my beloved Campia family? Rob, congrats on the move. Moving always sucks. Always. Uh, pink. Always sucks pink sacks. <laughs> do, as I, I, do as I sip on my Zevia cream, uh, cream soda with Jameson. I say, NFL, watch out. That guy Joey B now has a line. So who day and who Ray? I don't know who Joey B is. Joe know. Burrow. Oh, he has an offensive line now. Bishop. I, no, about Aaron, Aaron I, I was thinking Darren's dog, too. Joey wow. Bishop is Joey Bishop. By the NFL. way, uh, let's give it up for Jameson and... Uh, Cream soda. See, stop just saying. Or See, creamy root Except beer don't too. give it up to Ezra. That would just ruin the taste of the creamy soda, though. Oh. Listen, I am very excited to oh, see the Bengals play. The Bengals are not my favorite team. But, damn, they're a fun team to watch. You know what they are? They're the base. They're the Cleveland Indians from Major League. <laughs> that's that's the Cincinnati Bengals to me. Why? And I thank <laughs> you, John. And I just I just want to watch. They're fun to watch. You though. know what? If you really take guys, you cannot block. If you really take the if you really want to put equivalence, the Bengals are like the NBA's Grizzlies. They're the young, exciting team. May not have a chance to make it. May not make it, but they're fun to watch. I don't cannot know. protect their quarterback, apparently. I don't know. I can't help but cheer for them. I think they're fun to watch. I think they're fun to watch. That All major right. league reference, so kudos to you, sir. <laughs> All right, Doesn't the poster have a baseball with a, yeah. a feather uh -huh. on it? Yeah. yeah. All right, what's next? Jake G244. Have you guys seen the Netflix film with Randall Park called Always Be My Baby? We've Maybe? talked about it many yeah. times. Keanu Reeves plays himself in a couple scenes, and it's hilarious. It was hilarious. The movie's great. It I is love great. That movie. Love that movie. I mean, in a world where all Netflix movies suck, with a few exceptions, this is one of the exceptions. Ali Wong is great. <sighs> She's incredible. Randall Park is so good in it. Like when he starts doing his rap and everything, too, and Keanu Reeves. It's an it's old story now where a famous actor plays themselves uh, plays a dick version of themselves and mm -hmm. it's been done a hundred times now. But Keanu Reeves with Ali Wong in this so, good. so funny, so funny. By the way, I was just watching Ali Wong. Anna and I were watching Ali Wong's latest comedy special. Mm -hmm. She's had her kids now, right? Yeah. And she does this thing about she was. I want to tell you guys the truth about something. I want to cheat on my husband so bad. I want to cheat on him so bad. I work with all these guys now who look to me because I'm the rich, successful woman. I can fuck any one of these guys. She's like, oh my God. And Anne's like crying. That movie's great because it's one hour, 
41 minutes, baby. Always be my maybe? Yeah. Still, but Randall Park, seriously, like he's gone from being Asian Jim mm -hmm. to his turn on Fresh Off the Boat with so one of the top three funniest lines in television history. For those guys who haven't heard it, his employee comes up to him and asks him if he can ha take a vacation from work, to which oh, he yeah. says, work is a vacation from poverty as one of the great lines and then of course he's in wandavision yeah he was great in wandavision too they need to do i still want to see that x-files show yeah thing with David darcy yeah i want to see that so bad and then mm -hmm. he does always be my maybe I, i'm i don't know why he's not just an also starring guy yet he yeah. should be a big star well, he's agents so of sword cool. watching that movie too i just like leaned over to logan and was like am i Am I in love with Randall Park? Oh, I, so I think great. I'm in love with Randall awesome. Park. I love that movie. He's so I, great he's not in a it. Top ten movie of all time, right? But it's a totally fun, charming little it's movie. So it's one. Of, it really is one of the great lines of all time. Oh, I, I love that she's a chef too. Yeah, yeah. she's a chef. God, you knew Ray would like that. All right, mm -hmm. what's next? From uh, Hunter Pellegrino. Thoughts on the Futurama reboot? Also, do you enjoy the direction South Park is heading with more lengthy specials and shorter seasons? Okay, as far as Futurama, Futurama to me was always very hit and miss. Yeah. Like, they would do, like, Zap Brannigan <clears throat> for me is always a hit. I love Zap Brannigan. I realized the death robots had a kill limit, so I sent wave after wave of my own men until they reached their kill limit. I mean, that's one of the best things ever. But, uh, so I, I'm, I'm give or take on Futurama, to be honest with you. I'm really liking the new South Park stuff. You are? I, I well, really am. The Tegrity stuff, they, they just like, the, we're, uh, we're, what's the name of the, the, the competitor across the street now? Uh, it's like, oh, Tegrity or I, 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 I forgot now. what it was, but it was. But um, I'm actually kind of digging it because their COVID special was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. The, the ones they put on Paramount, they're pretty good. But yeah, yeah. the season itself, maybe I think there's six episodes. I gotta say, like two of them, I, I liked the other ones because I rewatched so South Park. Yeah, but we'll see. I can't, I can't judge that until after this, this season and this, this. Is the year. one where Cartman becomes a real estate agent? Was that the that season? one was good? Oh my god! Tesla, show Tesla. me that. Have you seen Tesla? it? No. Cartman becomes a real estate agent. It's 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 <laughs> one of the funniest things of South Park I've seen since their World of Warcraft episode. Did you see the people that were walking in that oh couldn't speak? Tesla, Tesla, Tesla. Tesla. Water bottle, water bottle, metal, metal water bottle, metal water. <laughs> a lot of these. Edamame. <laughs> Tesla. Tesla. Oh my God, it's so funny. It's supposed to be these outer folks, Rob, that that like drive Teslas and stuff like that, and like like maybe middle class, and all they could say is Tesla. Every time someone says everybody Tesla, from Tesla. the city is moving out of the city into what's the name of their town in South Park? Yeah. South Park. Mm -hmm. But all city people just talk Tesla. Tesla. Pilates water, water bottle. bottle. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Like, holy crap, it's so good. All right. What's next? Uh, from Brad Jobson sending a $20 super chat. Uh, do you have plans to extend past TV and streaming in the future? I would love to see a show with Rob and Chris about comics. Having them discuss the finer points of Sandman would be amazing. Here's the problem. There are only so many hours in the day. Um, and... We we are running up against 
a wall as far as ways. These people say, John, why don't you do a sports show? You love sports so much, blah, blah, blah. I have no time. I, I don't have any time to do a sports show. Like when, when would I do a sports show? Uh, I'm working like 14 hours a day as it is. We should just broadcast 24 seven. I mean, you know, just to have a rotating cast of people that just come and do shows. Just walk on. It, uh, so I won't go into details. I will say this. It has been pitched to me. The concept of, if you guys know Pluto TV, it has been pitched to me. The concept of there being a John Campbell channel on Pluto TV. I don't know if we can do enough content. I mean, it would only have to be in four-hour blocks. They would just run probably a four-hour block like six times in the day or something like that. But so I, I it just, we just don't have time. Like, I've got Rob busy doing stuff. Chris is not full-time. So she's only here a certain amount of time. So, I, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't mind it, but we just don't have time. So if, if that changes in the future, we will, uh, we will address that. If I can add like three or four more staff. But listen. For me to add three or four staff, I'm going to guilt shame my own audience. For us to add three or four more staff, I need about 600 of you more to join up as channel members. <laughs> right. you know I mean? So we're doing the best. Whenever we get money into the channel, I always put it right back into our channel, getting more staff. You've always done things. that. I've always yeah. been impressed. Like the, You're always getting better camera equipment. You're always doing something to make the viewer experience ROI, better. your return on your investment. Yeah. I, mean, that, I mean, that's the thing. I have not given myself a raise. Four years? But working with me is like a raise. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's true. Like, they, they, they <laughs> raise you up every day, John. Yeah. Yeah. Like, every day. Know, like, you guys would be... Sh I think a lot of you would be shocked if you find out what I actually pay myself. Yeah. I think... I, I'm, not, I'm obviously not going to reveal that. But I think a lot of you would be surprised what I actually pay myself. No, I kind of I, uh, have an idea. I take, and I I take all it. the money that comes in, and I put it right back to trying to make the show better for our audience. Whether that means... You know, trying to pay certain people more so they can have more hours to de dedicate to our show, better gear, trying to get a studio so we can expand what we do for you guys. I mean, whatever. Every time we get in money, I put it right back into the show. And uh, yeah, but for us to get like three or four more staff people, we're gonna need a lot of people to sign for channel memberships. Um, but but we that but that's what we're doing, and that's where we're heading. Our All show right. would be so cute, Rob. Our it show would. would be. Great. I would watch it. Well, we could pre-record something like that and drop it. That's very true. You know, we call it pull my issue because that's what we call when you go to the comic pull. thing and you get your pull. <laughs> well, you, you, you get your, yeah, your, your pull list. Yeah, your pull list. Yeah, so pull my issue or something. I pull my issue. I was about to say Chris or, on the or, Rob. Or just, Come on, there's or, no way you could turn pull my issue into an innuendo. Or, or that was just, the safest possible. Chris and Rob have issues. There we go. Oh, now I want to do the Fox. just because of the name. That's real on good. NBC. That's real good. Chris and Rob, Chris and we Rob have, have issues. issues. Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay, now I want to think about it. Now I don't teach you to over the summer. Do that. So. Also, shout out to Brad Jobson, the hubs of Irene Jobson, our regular. In the <gasps> oh, you're Irene's husband? Yep. Good job, Brad. Good job, Brad. All right. <laughs> Uh, anyway, thanks for that, Brad. All right, what's next? From Christopher Brickner, I have the solution to WB's Ezra problem. Recast them with Barry, uh, is it Kogan or Keegan? I, I say Keegan, but Keogan. I could be wrong. Druig and Eternals. Uh, the two look so identical, no one will know the difference. Uh, but he's already in, uh, he's sort of in DC. He's in the Batman universe now, but he's an Eternal Annie's Joker. Yes, yeah, yeah. sometimes he is. He can be confused for Ezra Miller. That's You're not far off on that, Christopher. <laughs> All right, what's next? Al Renshaw. 
United Federation of Ray. <laughs> there you go. That's that's oh, so you approve of that Star Trek reference. <laughs> Put a big face on Ray. Just have a big flag with Ray. Ray looking off. You know, looking off into the into the future, like a, a, a yes, there, there. it is. That's with it. a kebab in my hand. Yes. <laughs> and the perfect. moon. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be your, like, signet, your sigil. That'll be the... the, the I'll carry that flag. For people who don't know anything, they'll be like, why is that a dark Asian pointing at the moon with a stick of love? <laughs> All right, what's next? You're cooking CJ, it. Re CJ Rebirth. Uh, my fave Star Wars scene to this day is the whole Vader Anakin saving Luke from Palpatine. The music, Luke calling out to his father, chills. I'll tell you, that, that entire sequence of scenes is one of my favorite moments in movie history. The entire thing about... The, the Vader-Luke-Emperor confrontation in the Emperor's throne room, the combination of the drama, the music, uh, the music in that sequence is... With the, cor the choral music. Which movie is this from? Oh, oh, no, no. Jedi. Which, Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Um, it, it is my favorite sequence, I think, in all of movie history. I, I just love it with the drama built into it and everything, and it's like, whew. So good. Good. It's so excellent. I love that. All right, what's next? From Jordan Ellis. Batman show on Spotify sounds cool, but I'm looking forward to the new animated show by Bruce Tim on HBO Max. Mm. The original 90s cartoon is awesome. What? I have heard mixed things. I've heard mixed things about the development of it. Like when they first shot, I think it was at uh, uh, DC Fandom, the, the first one. I think that's when they first showed the first thing of it, I think. And it's like, okay, that looks like it could be interesting, but I, I've heard, heard some not so good things. But I mean, they may be wrong. So I don't I'm curious. I'm at least curious to see what they do. I don't know how I didn't know about this now. I'm yeah, me my either. Mind. Oh, you me didn't? Either. No. I'm well, I mean, you know, for the you, last two years, I've just hidden in my house. I'm <laughs> sure you saw it and maybe forgot about it. Maybe. Because it wasn't on DC Fandom, so it could be. Okay. All right, what's next? Um, from Tim, uh, for John, it's Adam Aaron for Rob. It's new star Trek for me. It's Dan Snyder. Oh boy. What about you, Chris and Ray? What or who grinds your gears? Festivus in April. Ooh, the airing of grievances. <laughs> who, who you know what? We could, I, I need time to think about it. Maybe we can move on to the next question and then I'll just blurt it out when I figure okay, it out. Okay, what about you, Chris? Somebody... I mean, I don't like Jared Leto. I think we've established that. That much? Um, but not, but yeah, not to the level that you guys don't like. Yeah, like where you're Aaron bringing them Star up. Trek. Yeah, I feel like I like most things pretty fine. I'm, I'm, You're I'm just nice. such an agreeable, delightful person. I'm just, I'm I'm just a fucking ray of sunshine. <laughs> I just like everyone. All right. What's next? From oh, Glenn. pickles. Pickles. Is that a pickles? person? Just pickles. That's the only thing I can think of. I love pickles. I've I tried to pickles, eat you too. for so long, and you still are gross. I like that you're you addressing them <laughs> formally. Dear pickles. It's not like I'm I denying you, it. Yeah, you dress them by you, like they're you, people. They're viewers. They stream in. Frey makes his proclamation then looks out to the center of the horizon. There's a jar of elastic just tuning in. <laughs> All right, what's next? From Glenmark, um, Amoa, Hiddleston, uh, Houston, Evans, Cooper, Reedus, Sarsgaard. Cluster them together and call the movie A Murder of Crows. Okay, that's Aww. pretty good. That's for, that's pretty good. I, you know what? I gotta hang. Yeah, I gotta that, hang on that. That was that's pretty great. good. That gets a golf from me. Nicely done. All right, what's next? Michael Hamilton spent the weekend volunteering at WonderCon. Had a great time. Support your local cons. You'll get in free. <clears throat> yes, started watching The Boys Diabolical. It's like Looney Tunes, but for adults. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Here's the funny thing. Somebody brought up to me. Say, so you go to WonderCon? Like I didn't even know what was happening. 
Like it just it just came, it snuck in somewhere. Did any of you guys go to it? No, and no. I I love WonderCon, and you know the people I normally do stuff with there. One of them was their son was having a bar mitzvah, so I miss it, and I really miss WonderCon when it was in San Francisco. Did anything? Interesting happened at this year. Did Not anybody hear anything? I, I haven't heard about. Anything I would have just bought stuff. That's it. That's yeah. all I know. And I so I'm kind of time. happy I didn't go. You know what, John? I kind of feel that every day on this show it's WonderCon. Every, it's, it's a WonderCon oh, wow. every day. No, Rob. We all can't right. name the office Starfleet HQ. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? Uh, from Michael Hamilton or Elizabeth. Oh, I'm gonna switch yours, yeah. Elizabeth Rudo. This weekend I went to see the outfit. Good movies. The best thing about it was that the theater was empty, so when the damn Nicole commercial came out, I booed. Boo! <laughs> boo! Not, not booing Nicole Kidman, your goddess, but I boo. never. Yeah, just don't boo redheads, man. Come on. All right. Oh, what did I say yesterday? Because Michael, Michael was one we had already done. Oh, thank you. Yeah, all right. Okay. What's next? Uh, remember, Bulldog, today is game day for Moon Knight. Game, game day. day! What are you expecting in episode two? I, I like what Ray said earlier. I think we're going to get more Mark now. I think we're going to get in, into Mark. I mean, on the one hand, you can say, but it's still really e early in the series. No, it's not. They're only doing six stupid episodes because apparently Disney doesn't have an understanding about what a TV show is supposed to be. But six stupid episodes. So, no, we are a third of the way through the season at the end of this episode. So I think Ray's right. I think we're going to get more into Mark uh, now. I had one question. Are we to assume that everybody that's gone after Os Oscar Isaac's character is after that skip? That, Scarab? Yeah. Probably. I think so. Even the dog or even the dog at the end was after that? Yeah, yeah. That, or was that sent by someone well, the else? The dog is working for oh, okay. Handsome Hawk. I just by wanted way, to get that straight. Keep in mind that what we're seeing might not be real at all yeah 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 there's that too all right what's next uh from glenn mark again hi rob the film the carrie treatment reminded me of a 2007 movie i studied in film it was a romanian piece called four months three weeks and two days oh yeah that's a great movie yeah uh also dealing with the so first of all thank you for bringing that one up we talked about i mentioned the carrie, the carrie treatment, treatment which is an obscure uh james coburn movie where he plays a doctor and and it, it deals with the issue of abortion, but it's over 50 years old and Warner Archive is putting it out. It's very interesting when you go back and you look and you see how this particular issue, which is very polarizing even now, was dealt with. And uh, I love that you said that. I, Christian, I want to say Chris is a Christian Munger. I forget the, the director of the four months. I always get the title wrong. What is the title? Uh, four months, three weeks, and two days. It's a great, great, great movie that also deals with that same topic. But uh, you know what? Kudos to you for watching Let's Get Physical Media. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Glenn, What's next? Glenn's real sweet and reached out to me, too, about voiceover, which was really, really nice. So thanks for doing that, Glenn. Um, Dante Serkia. Hey, can't be a campers. With John and Rob knowing some inside Dr. Strange info, is there a chance of an upcoming topic being about the over-under on certain characters showing up, deaths, etc.? Can't be a classroom? Um, I think so, but we'll probably limit it because listen, we we've been very careful to make sure you know we don't know everything that happens in Doctor right. Strange. There's there are certain aspects of Doctor Strange we know nothing about. We don't know how certain things are going to turn out, but there are certain things we found out. Uh, so we would probably avoid that part. But yeah, I think as we get closer to Doctor Strange, we will definitely do our over unders about certain things we're expecting to see, maybe see, hope to see, all that kind of stuff. That'll happen. We'll just make sure we avoid the things that. We know that we know. We should start just saying things about Doctor Strange, like oh, sprinkle them into the show, <laughs> and you decide whether they're true or false. 
All right, like when Morbius shows up, mm, big, big reveal when Morbius shows up. All right, what's next? Esteban Kibata, want to know your guys' favorite film cameos? Uh, that's something I'd have to think about. That's not something I walk around with off the top of my head. Um, I mean, one that comes to mind quickly, Matt Damon in uh, Forest. Um, what's the one that's like? Finding Forest? Finding Forrester. That's it. So Matt Damon's little came in fine because, because it was so applicable because that movie was very much a lot like, um, what's the one he does, does with Ben Affleck? Goodwill hunting. Goodwill hunting. There was such a goodwill hunting vibe to it. So him popping up and finding Forrester was pretty cool. The greatest cameo of all time is Robert Duvall in Philip Kaufman's 1978 invasion of the body snatchers. He shows up as a priest on a swing set. It's one shot. They don't say anything. It's just Robert Duvall as a priest on a swing set, and it is the creepiest, craziest, weirdest shit ever, and it's my favorite. I think Hugh Jackman in X-Men First Class. That's a good one. Thunderlips, baby. Hogan and Thunderlips. <laughs> uh, it, there's another really good one I know I've talked about a lot. It's my favorite Stan Lee cameo, though, in Deadpool, where Stan Lee is a strip club DJ, where he utters the lines... And remember, folks, you can't buy love, but you can rent it for $20 a song. It's like one of the greatest <laughs> lines. That's the best. I just come up, uh, came up with another one. Mm -hmm. Patrick Ewing and Fabio in a dream sequence in Exorcist 3. I don't remember oh. that one. What? The, it's the greatest dream sequence ever put on film. <laughs> This Ever. is not the other Exorcist 3, right? This is the, this no, the, is the one the, that generally released. There's two Exorcist 4s. <laughs> oh, this is Exorcist yeah. 3, the William Peter Blatty. Oh, big Stark Lighter, too. Uh, yeah. Patrick, <laughs> right, we got to keep Stewart. going here, guys. What's next? Um, From Luis Enrique de la Pena, Chris Hemsworth shared a photo where he stated they'll start press tour for Thor 4. Do you think they'll attach a trailer with Doctor Strange 2 or release it online early? Listen, we talked about this the other, uh, like last week, and I said there is no way they're going to not release the first trailer for Thor 4 until May. There's no way. It absolutely. By the way, there there is some theories going around because he was on, Chris Hemsworth had a picture with, I can't remember who the two other people were, where it looks like they're doing like symbols. But if, if you count it out, it's 4-11-2022 or 4-11-22, which would, so, so people are thinking that the way they were holding up their hands was suggesting that on April 11th is when we're going to get our trailer. My but mom's there, birthday. I There is no way they're waiting until May to drop the first trailer. No way. So I would expect it soon. All right, what's next? From Blake62, I love how much Rob loves the stuff he loves. And hates the things he hates. <laughs> Sometimes they're the same thing. <laughs> Sometimes they cross over. It's a fine line. Like a bad, toxic, codependent relationship. <laughs> I love you, and I hate you. <laughs> uh, well, I, it's, you know, but I do. I love the things I love passionately. passionately. I can't. I, I do. I, I do. All right. What's next? CMG2491 just started winning time, and it's amazing. So good. Fun fact, the actor who plays Norm Nixon is not only the real-life son of Norm Nixon. Ooh, I had no idea. Didn't know that. But Ooh. also played Danny Dyson in Terminator 2. Thought Ooh. that was funny. Like Wow, the kid? The kid? Must guess. be. Wow. He's really good in it. Like really that, good. That scene, I think it was like in episode two where they're at the party and he goes one-on-one with magic and schools him. That I haven't watched was, any of it. You haven't watched it yet? I haven't watched any of it. That, it's one of the best. It's better than Severance. I mean, it's, it's, okay. it's like seriously one of the best it things is, on TV right now. It is so wildly entertaining. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, as, I'm not a big sports guy, 
But one of my favorite things, genres, is sports movies. I love sports movies. This is one of the best, most entertaining, I, it's a sports series ever. Like, yeah. <gasps> oh, sorry. <laughs> that was probably Shadow. We should have one of our dogs barking. It's no big deal. Um, all right. What's so next? Good. We're just ending with a bunch of support from Danny Sanchez, Ostracized Child, and Gina Horton. Uh, thank you guys for sending that in. And guys, that'll do it for today's episode of the John Campia Show. Thank you so much for being here and making this show a part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in the Super Chats, number one, because it gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it, and all of us involved with the channel, thank you guys so much for your support. Uh, don't forget, today at a special starting time, 2.30, 2.30 Pacific Standard Time, so like less than two hours from now, we have our weekly meeting of Movie Club, and we're talking about the Sigourney Weaver sci-fi classic, James Cameron's Aliens. I cannot wait for us to talk about that. I hope you guys will come back and join us for that. Also, don't forget to join us again for tomorrow's episode of the John Campia Show. Guys, make sure you like and subscribe to this video. And by all means, guys, listen, you probably noticed we have open channel memberships now. Thank you to all of you guys who have already signed up for them. If you haven't, please consider doing so. It would be great to have you on board. And guys, that'll do it. I want to thank everybody sitting around the table with me here. We got Robert Meyer Burnett. We got Ray Aura, we got Chris Carr, and we got myself. My name's John Campia. Thanks a lot for being here, guys. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye.